for I the rest I didn't of your flavor. I know that Saint's asshole was so tomatoey. <laughs> <laughs> I met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face and the blackest eyes. Like a doll's eyes. I love this town! <laughs> City. Welcome everyone to City of Geek Podcast. Uh, I'm Bob. I'm Bible Man. I'm Kim. I am not Bible Man. <laughs> and that... Bioman being Cody and not Bioman being Tony. Tony. Actually, I'm going to note here we are actually recording this after recording the episode because I didn't sure, wasn't sure exactly where we'd be going. We were talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and well, I wasn't sure how event- we were approaching it. Well, that's very Avengers Endgame of us to be doing the intro at the very end. <laughs> yes, exactly. Five years later. Yes, five years five later. Years later. <laughs> yeah, we are getting into Endgame spoilers. Uh, Endgame kind of is, the, is kind of the beginning and end of everything we talk about, kind of coming Dumbledore in and out of dies. it. Dumbledore uh, dies! So if you haven't listened to... S- if you haven't watched Endgame, we don't know nope, why you're listening uh, to us. Um, but if you're coming to us the first time after listening to Crypticon, thank you. We will talk about horror stuff next time. <laughs> we promise. We promise. Uh, but this time was all MCU because we, we wanted to give a little time before <laughs> we talk about Avengers. Um, but go to cityofgeek.com, find us there, find everything we're working on. Uh, thank you for talking to us at Crypticon if you came to see us there. Uh, and um, let's get talking about it. Avengers. Well, I, I was going to ask, are we going to be hitting these chronologically Whatever in terms works. of year or chronologically in terms of... We can um, just talk and then things yeah. go. Are we going to do something simple like these are our favorites in order? Yeah, or? I think whatever whatever flies with maybe some focus on in-game as a spoiler discussion. I honestly thought Captain America was going to die during the, the snap and Iron Man was going to die fighting Thanos. That was my prediction. I, the only reason I suspected it was going to end up being Iron Man is because the Spider-Man trailer had Happy so prominently, yeah, and but no not him. <laughs> and I was like, that's weird. And the and Happy seemed genuinely, pardon me for saying this, but happy <laughs> about be like he seemed like I'm I'm your mentor now kind of vibe. That mm. I was like, he wouldn't be that way if Tony Stark was still around. Yes. Very, very clever. So, very clever, Holmes. Very yeah, clever. And I figured like since Tony started it, he's gonna be the one to, to end it and course he did with like the repeating the line well and, and then there's the it. whole contract ending and stuff yeah like yeah, yeah. I, I, I always figured cap was going to retire since in the comics he has passed it on to other people uh i don't think they were going to kill them both because uh, i think the russos have said before I thought- that killing people just simply killing people isn't isn't drama it's how it affects people that's why they that's why roadie broke his back instead of dying in civil war yeah, except that, that they've he recovered from that remarkably quickly. He's got the, like, well, yeah. but helps his best, his best friends like a nanotech master. But it, it was one of those things that was like, <laughs> this is so devastating, except by the next movie, it's fine. But it's still kind of more guilt on their conscience that he almost got his friend killed. I will say uh, that the, the Black Widow death I found to be extremely problematic for a lot of reasons. The first one in the world. And it it might just be that, again, sometimes the vagina card has to be played. But, like, you'll have a woman problem and you kill the one woman on your team at that point in time. It's all well. The nebulas are in, right? No, no. And also, (laughs) and, and what do they do, too? It's like, you've got, you know, she didn't come back. We're so sad. 
moving on. Well, no, I'm sorry. Hulk threw a bench. And then they had to move on. And uh, and then Iron Man gets this fucking yeah, hero's welcome. He gets this, like, fucking conga line of people. You know what? And she gets a thoughtful conversation I, with the lady. I'm going to posit a theory that that is not so much sexist as it is classist. Because Tony Stark is a fucking multi-billionaire. I think that's also easy to say as a man. Well, I found it sexist. Well, as, as a poor man, it's exceptionally easy to say. <laughs> As, as a poor human being, it's exceptional. As their only prominent female character, particularly when I'm like, okay, so she's we're still apparently getting a Black Widow movie. Yeah, we, we um, pull some sort. So does that mean you're either going to pull a search for Spock, in which case it's no longer a Black Widow movie? It's a movie about the dudes on the team looking for fucking Black Widow or trying to retrieve her soul, or we're gonna go to her past, knowing ultimately what happens, which just feels at this point kind of like eh until it um actually until Gamora came back in a different way in Endgame I just thought that uh, Guardian 3 was going to be like a search for Gamora type yeah. thing and I'm glad that it wasn't I actually like see I liked how they got around the Gamora issue I actually thought that was a smart way to do it because it also kind of resets some of the you know will they or won't they it's no longer predestined she, yeah. that they will she's you know, right about the angel spe- space pirate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can imagine there'd be fun, some fun there with a uh, Star Lord and Thor. You know. Yeah, and I'm happy. It looks like that Thor is going to become a guardian of the galaxy. That I'm really on board with. Um, are, are we recording? Are yeah, we, we've been recording. Okay. For, <laughs> for <some laughs> I was like, we should be saving some of this. Oh no, 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 it's, it's fine. This is gold. This is gold. At some point, I can go back through and uh, we can record you the can, intro. You can and fix it. We can then fix throw it, it back. Yeah, yeah. Just fix it. Um, actually, I should have wrote it down as twelve forty-eight when we, when we can talk about that to cut this little bit out. But <laughs> when Kim was like, "Wait a minute, it's twelve minutes forty-eight seconds." Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I'll always, I'll, I'll hopefully we'll remember. You could start a Joe Bob break that like just start where you started talking about it and then have the intro like this. Far <laughs> yeah. Or a crazy ex-girlfriend does that as a show. Like there'll be like thirty-five minutes in the episode, then then they'll do something and they'll do the intro real fast. Huh. <laughs> Um, but we probably should do that intro and then I can splice it back to the beginning or just let it just flip Or just again. be like, sometimes we just fucking start talking. We just start talking about salad dressing. It's like, it's it's like Mandy, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like Mandy. The you title's don't get the title card until halfway through. No. We're rolling just like Panos Kuzma. <laughs> if you need more, I have like three dozen, so you're welcome to it. Costco. This, this podcast episode <laughs> is not sponsored by Costco, but it should be. For the amount of times I've said the word Costco this evening. Ah, yes. Uh, anyway, so Marvel, right? But Marvel, yes. Yes. So that's all the Endgame we mentioned. I was kidding. Yeah, we, we're getting a lot of our Marvel, our Endgame spoilers out right from the beginning. But it's, it's, it's going to come into the conversation as, as we continue our way through so it's of course yeah it's the big thing right now uh, Pikachu almost actually beat it this weekend we're recording this almost. three week in, in the third weekend of Avengers now hopefully we've all chance to of course we all saw it together I, I don't know if anyone saw it a second time or not I or, did um, yeah so, so did I, I still I want to about it and saw it in bits and, bits and parts through the I think probably just working at the theater I've probably seen it on the whole probably like five or six times. I know I've seen every scene a couple times as simply <laughs> being there and doing checks and doing cleans and having a little bit of downtime and walking in and watching the big scenes again and again. <laughs> yeah. Or just some of the regular scenes. Uh, so, and if we're so, this obviously is a spoiler discussion. Uh, we just <laughs> right into it in the beginning. <laughs> spoiler uh, alert. I mean, spoiler when alert. We, yeah, I was like, uh, 
we're recording the intro after we record everything else. Uh, I'm so going to mention... Um, Bob likes to turn the microphone on without telling yeah, us. Yes, it's funny. It gets in a good conversation. <laughs> um, but we're going to... So, obviously, spoilers about everything. Uh, but we decided to wait a couple weeks before we really start talking about the game. That way we can just get into spoilers. Because that's why I didn't write a review for it. Because I'm like, yeah. it's really hard for me to do without spoiling the hell out of it. And yeah. Then again, it could have. You know, because everyone... I don't know if anyone's reading reviews before seeing the movie. <laughs> if I'm on the fence, I will. Yeah, but something like in-game, right? Um, you're going, like, with the No, website, you're seeing it about like guy Where, where part of the point is <coughs> the surprise developments. Yeah. You don't want those spoiled for yourself, so... Unless you're Cody. Yeah. <laughs> you know it. Who seeks out spoilers and then wants to talk about theories. I'm like, dude, no! <laughs> Your theories are based upon spoilers. I, I will say, sometimes, if I know something's going to super bum me out... I'll look at a spoiler ahead of time so I have time to mentally prepare myself for being bummed out. So I'll do that with some TV shows that I know I'm like, this is, I'm going to get sad. I, actually, that's the only way I, walk the, I watch The Walking Dead anymore. And now I don't even watch it. I just read recaps of it because <laughs> I'm, enough. that's enough. That's, <laughs> that's enough. all you need. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched that show since season five. So. Spider-Man Homecoming. He dies for real. Or not Homecoming, <laughs> uh, Far From Home. He dies for real this time. Fuck you, Cody. <laughs> not even funny. You can't joke about that. If Spider-Man dies, we riot. Unless Miles Morales comes in, then we're okay. I'm fine with that. <laughs> I would be. I love our little puppy Spider-Man. He's so cute. He's adorable. He's or, a little puppy. He's like a sunflower. Ha <laughs> One of Kim's favorite adjectives. He's delightful. He's delightful. Like legit delightful. Oh, I thought you were saying one of Kim's favorite. Like fucking what? We don't need to do a shirtless with him. He's like no, twenty. He's, it's, he's it's weird. Or no. twelve or whatever. No, it's, he's he's like a puppy. He's not. Yeah. He's adorable. He's adorable. Yeah. He, and he just is lovely. He's got just this lovely little, just sweet... He and, really nails the teenage Peter yes, Parker. Yes, yeah. Completely. And that's what I find so endearing about him, too, because I have to say, looking at Pat, like, I've never been a Spider-Man fan, ever. Are you talking about Tom Holland or Miles Morales? Tom Holland. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, the, the, the Into the Spider-Verse 2 is, is amazing. Yeah. But in terms of creating a character, I mean, down to the physicality, uh hiring someone who's a dancer, who's a hardcore dancer, was one of the smartest moves they ever made. Because he also really nails that physicality. Um, Acting like Tobey Maguire going down the street like, <laughs> we don't talk Spider-Man 3 wasn't amazing. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, yeah, Tom Holland is is absolute perfect casting. It's been great yeah. with casting across the board for everyone. Yeah. Uh, and that, that's just another spot where they're finding these... And these even the people haven't done a lot up, of work. Like with, with Edward Norton... Who I didn't really care for. Yeah. And Terrence Howard, they recast him. Really yeah, well. exactly. I think it's funny. To, like, it's like uh, in Iron Man 2, like, he looks in and like, yeah, this is me. <laughs> this is me, I'll accept it, whatever. And then, uh, then later on in Endgame, he's like, he, uh, he tells Nebula, it's like, I used to be different too. <laughs> I know he was going to say about something else, but this is still. A little nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of thing. Uh, yeah. We're going to do it at the end. <laughs> Yeah, it's, this is we're messing with timelines here. At the end, we're gonna put on our little time thing. How Marvel Universe it up? The yeah. one true timeline. <laughs> we're gonna take out our Finney stones and put them back in. Uh, so we're gonna do this at yeah. We're gonna record at the end and come back to the beginning. I, I will say I saw Iron Man uh, first. Like I saw it in yep. theaters, and mm -hmm. and part of that was because again, I never used to be a big superhero movie person. Um, there were not a lot of good ones, so it was easy to not be a superhero person. Yeah, they just, they, they were never my cup of tea. They were never, 
I, I did not find them interesting or engaging. And I, I used to read the Superman comics when I was a kid, so it wasn't that I was not a comic person at all. I just did not find most superhero movies particularly engaging for myself. But I liked Iron Man. And I, like, my folks were the same way, and I recommended, like, you will like Iron Man, partially because Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, was fantastic. Which perfect casting. Yeah. Perfect. Because he, he basically he, he played himself, yeah. too. Yeah. Uh, but it's, the tone of it is so different. It's self-aware. It's it's funny. It's it's fantastic, but also down to earth. Yeah. And uh, compared to things like Superman, where he's like, they're gods. Like, these are, yeah, the thing that I always like about Marvel heroes more than DC is that they're regular people with regular issues. Yeah. You have to face their issues, and that's what drives their, their plots. Yeah, that's true. Actually, that's, that's, that's a good point, that, like, yeah. I tend to like the Marvel characters more, and that's a good way to articulate it. I think that's absolutely true. I'm the same way. I'm very, I'm very much, when it comes to Marvel versus DC, I've always been more Marvel, and I think it's because, um, because of that, because of the inherent relatability of the characters. Yeah. Um, I know for a fact. I mean, you know, look, I mean... Compare superhero teams. Compare the Justice League of America to the X-Men. Hmm. The X-Men are a bunch of fucking misfits. The, the X-Men are the perfect metaphor for puberty. They're the perfect metaphor for, for anyone who feels like they're a misfit. Mm-hmm. You're going to have much more to relate to on that team. Civil rights, gay rights, other rights. There it's you go. Every um, Marvel, yeah, like X-Men are better coded however yeah. you want to use them. Yeah, and um, which I think is also why Batman is the most successful of the Marvel characters. Yeah, DC. Or D- DC, yeah. excuse me. Is because Before I think, we get the, I think the super the most, coming in. He's <laughs> the most flawed, he's the most mm-hmm. neurotic, he's the most relatable. But even he, you, you're a couple... Uh, you're a couple clicks removed because he's a fucking billionaire. But he's also, right. but he's only a few steps away from issues. his own. own he's got villains. issues. Yeah, uh, you know, Most it's just be talking like this all the time. There you go. If his life, if he had less money, he would be one of the people he ends up fighting. You know, mm-hmm. in his own own way. Which that's what exactly. makes Batman's villains also yes. relatable. Is there? They have their issues and they're usually driven insane. But something Batman probably did to them. Well, <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's about DC's. <laughs> So, do we want to talk about the dark days before before uh, Iron Man when it comes to Marvel com- the Marvel comics? Like, oh, Howard the Duck, <laughs> Howard the Duck, the seventies, the short lived seventies yeah. Spider Man series. I still haven't oh, seen yeah. that, but uh, the, which was the, uh, the Japanese the two, one. No, no, there's another one. The Japanese one is is fucking stone cold brilliant. Yeah, it's the, that cool. that one that is the Power Rangers on crack. <laughs> That's awesome. That is exactly what the Japanese Spider-Man is, and you will never see it because Disney has their hot little death grip hands on the character, and they will not let that weird-ass anomalous thing. But I'm pretty sure it's all over YouTube. I was gonna say, you it's on YouTube. You, you can, can find, find it, it legally, y- yeah. illegally everywhere. But. Just type in Japanese Spider-Man, ladies and gentlemen. You won't regret it. And I hope he comes into, uh, ultimately bring him into, into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Yeah. They, they, they brought in cartoon Spider-Man from 67. And exactly. <laughs> that one too. Oh, that like, Which was... Ralph Bakshi. <laughs> oh, Ralph nice. Bakshi was one of the uh, original creators of the 66, 67 Spider-Man cartoons. No, was. He was one of the key animators on the show. And I There's animation on that show? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, but, <laughs> but the very, very first, I think, the very first Marvel-related, uh, f- f- the, f- the first filmed Marvel character was Captain America in a series. <laughs> Yeah, back in the forties. Yeah, yeah I, think I have it on disc. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. It's it shows its age. And he's fighting Japanese is, guys. Right? Yeah, I know the fighting, Batman's one did too. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, and uh, I think the actor's name was Dick Purcell, and he was a 
anyone who's used to Chris Evans, you know, absolutely, you know, flawlessly gorgeous physique in a Captain America uniform will find it very amusing to see Dick Purcell, the character actor who plays Cap in the 40s serial, in a very tight and not terrific. The same thing, the guys who played Miss Superman and Batman back in the 40s as well, yes. and George Reeve, and mm-hmm. the, yeah, there was exactly. a Superman before him, but... Uh, Kirk Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of them had the physique for these characters. <laughs> the yeah. guy played Shazam in but the it's, 40s. But yeah, it's interesting, because <laughs> as, as far as... I mean, I think that the whole... I think a lot of the most interesting Marvel characters um, paralleled when they were coming into flower. I mean, Spider-Man arose in the early to mid-60s, and then you had the Spider-Man cartoon. Uh, and uh, then you got the Spider-Man uh, TV series, the short-lived live-action show with Nicholas Hammond. Um, and uh, you got two Captain America <laughs> yeah, TV movies with the great Reb Brown, who's Reb one Brown. of my favorite B-movie actors ever, 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 and the star of the greatest cinematic achievement known to man, you're the hunter from the future, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> that is the shit. And that guy played Captain America. Wasn't that but the one where he's on the fucking motorcycle? Yes. He the he's on the motorcycle. He's got there. the motorcycle helmet. You know who's the heavy in the second one of those? Captain Chris, America 2. Christopher fucking Lee. Christopher Lee fucking Lee. Yes. Oh, yes. oh really? Yeah, I get, uh, I get those... Uh, those Captain America ones mixed up with the one with the Salinger kid with the rubber ears. Oh, uh, oh, that oh that's right. Yeah, I get the shot. I get the two of those where he spends two thirds of the movie not in the Captain America yeah. costume. And he's, and he like, he's he got like, it people on. Still he's, got no mask. <laughs> he's like running around without the mask. It's like, dude, put the mask on. Which is the one that had the uh, really really Italian red red skull? Uh, the makeup's kind of <laughs> interesting. That would be. That I think would it's probably the Salinger one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it also had Ned Beatty in it for some reason. Can we talk for a half a minute about the million, the one million dollar low budget Roger Corman Fantastic Four? That's what he made and never fucking released. That's the best of the Fantastic Fours. I'll say straight up, but yeah, they've all sucked otherwise. I was gonna say that's a real low bar. It is. It is. That's a damn low bar. But it's not without its interest. But I, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I think, I mean, I enjoyed the original couple of X Men movies. Uh, The third one, I think, is of that first cycle is pretty worthless. Which actually, coincidentally enough, is the same with the uh, Sam Raimi, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. First That's two are good. The last so much studio good. interference, yeah. and we need to have this, and oh, I want this, yeah. and yeah, it comes to. But I think that's the point where you start to see um, filmmakers putting more care and effort and like adult storytelling sensibilities into the Marvel universe on screen. I mean, yeah. you've been seeing that for quite a few years in the comics and in the graphic novels, but as far as the characters being taken seriously as movie characters and given the same kind of, like, quote, grown-up treatment, unquote, as uh, as any other traditional, like, dramatic structure, you know, or action film or whatever, um, it really came to flower with... Uh, uh, with the first couple of X Men movies in the late nineties, yeah. early two thousands, and also with the first couple of um, Sam Raimi Spider Mans, yeah, I think which are still, I think, very strong. I think the the first two Spider Mans um, with Tobey Maguire, directed by Sam Raimi, hold up really well. I just rewatched uh, the first two recently and watched number three here again soon before uh, Far From Home because I like to go back and watch. Them. Even yeah. though they're unrelated to Far From Home, I do like to watch back. See, like I'm watching through the X Men movies again right now because of Dark Phoenix. Are you, uh, yeah. um, are you excited to rewatch Amazing Spider Man two with Jamie Foxx Electro? No, <laughs> I like that. Because I haven't seen that yet, and I had it on my DVR for like a year before I finally deleted it. Because I'm like, I'm not watching this. With his personal soundtrack and all everything. And, uh, I, no, yeah. but say about about, about X Men and Spider Man. Like, yeah, they, they 
as you said, you treat, you treat them with uh, with adult disabilities rather than aiming directly. It's coming out right after like Batman and Robin like ruined Batman, and destroyed <laughs> yeah. everything there. So they did there's like First Blade but he had as a reboot in ni- 1998, the and then following through with like, all right, we can make a serious. Uh, serious film with uh, with Blade, yeah, and then Del Toro doing his part, and then um, yeah, then with, with uh, X Men Spider Man, you have you know, adult director, even someone like Raimi who makes most you know a lot of a lot of comedic elements to his work, mm-hmm. but still treating the you know treating with respect and not not being spandex and Green you know, Lantern, yeah. Yeah. yeah, spandex and Bam noises like 1966 Batman, you know, yes, exactly. Hmm. I'm gonna um, throw Blade out there too. Yeah, so it's a sub. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I am a Blade. giant fan of the first. See more did it the first one. Sorry, yeah. the first Blade. Yeah, I think it's incredibly stylish. And again, because mm-hmm. I see Italian horror cinema and everything, <laughs> watch the first five minutes of that movie and tell me it's not <laughs> massively <laughs> influenced by um, Italian horror. Isn't it? It's fast paced. <laughs> it's really, it's really, it's it, it draws its uh, pulp characters really well. I mean. Uh, Wesley Snipes is basically porn to play, born to play the role. Porn to I mean, play him too. Porn. What's he doing these days? No, I mean, he owes the government a lot of money. So yeah, that's right. There, there could be too. some of that going on, but um, he's he was a letter perfect fit for the role. Um, Chris Christopherson as Whistler, as yeah. is, is Obi Wan Kenobi, a character actor who can do very little wrong, and he is so colossally wonderful in the movie. It's no wonder they brought him back to semi life in the. Second one, or was it the third one? I second one, yeah. Second one, yeah. Yeah, then with uh, directed by Del Toro and yeah. written by Del Toro. Yeah. So yeah, yeah so that, so those were like. And the I, first, first I know they are. They're going to try to probably revive Blade later on. There's talks yeah. of there, it. There's talks of it, and I the think, I think Wesley, uh, Wesley Snipes could still play it. Yeah. Well, Wesley was supposed to play yeah, Black Panther in the nineties. That didn't come through, but um, <laughs> probably, probably I, I a good thing on that. See that? Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, again, it, it would not have been. The the film that we got, it would have been much different. A popular much, movie, much different. I feel like. Yeah, it uh, and it would have made it, it would have made the character very different. I think one of the things, and we'll probably get you know we're back and forth on this a lot, but I think one of the things that is so wonderful about uh, Black Panther is that it is very much, uh, it feels very much like a fairy tale. It feels very much like like something. It, there, there's 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 no like urban street wisdom, uh, you know, gut level street level stuff in the movie by and large. It is it, it, it embraces its epic storytelling nature much more readily than a Wesley Snipes driven uh, Black Panther. Yeah, I would half expect like a '90s Black Panther to be like he's get you know he gets sucked out of Wakanda and gets stuck in like you know Oakland in the '90s and yeah. has yeah. to refine himself and, and then he this fights and that. Steve Urkel in the end. <laughs> <laughs> but it would probably be some yes yeah, some bad CG and this and that. It'd be definitely like, I can't imagine. The '90s Black Panther work and be steel in its own way. Did right, and I'm saying all black superheroes are analogists. That's not, but I just maybe thinking that way. I also say the the Black Panther that we got is not just in terms of finally having representation uh, of of having a black superhero, but is one of the better in the MCU in terms of their female characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, totally. Um, yeah. having strong uh, and and 
a diverse cast of female characters because you you have oh yeah they're not cut out they're not cookie cutter yeah Absolutely. you have not just your 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 warrior women but you you also have Cherie who's just super fucking smart yeah. like Tony Stark levels of smarts and maybe and, smarter yeah. and maybe smarter and who's but who also gets to be kind of a cheeky teenager mm-hmm. and 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 uh, you know and his mother who I uh, Angela Bassett. is Angela Bassett yeah. and and who has some really lovely moments I mean like. You have some really three-dimensional female roles, which I do have to say, MCU has a woman problem. Definitely, yeah. And Black Panther is one of the few movies where I did not feel that way. And the relationship with him and Lupita Nyong'o's character is is, is, is really well drawn. Yes. So it's not just a yeah, she's not just a love interest. She's, she and she's not passive. No, not at all. Her life isn't about him. Um, and in fact, one of the reasons they weren't together is because she did not want to be queen she wanted to go i got my shit to do yeah he's like i got my shit to do my shit's important so like you do your shit i'm gonna keep doing mine makes me wonder where she's been during um avengers (laughs) i was like she's off doing her other thing oh yeah we don't really see (laughs) she's not in the yeah she's not in the avengers did she get snapped well did she would make him back Uh, yeah well and baku came back at the end of uh well he didn't he didn't get snapped Uh, but he was there in in game though oh was he yeah, mm-hmm. I don't remember seeing him. He's just know. around. There's so many people with it. It's, yeah, there's it's a little Ducks over. Howard the Duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess I uh, I saw online on Reddit that Howard the Duck was in there, so I immediately messaged these guys like Howard the Duck's in the movie. We gotta see it again right now. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like going into work and just looking for that scene particularly. In this uh, case, you need to know he's behind Wasp. Uh, when she comes through the um, the portal, she makes big, and he's right behind her carrying this giant freaking gun. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. and there's very much other like they were gonna have other people in there they couldn't i wanted the defenders to show up that'd be cool but yeah, yeah. well because i will <laughs> say that's always been something that i've i've found a little bit annoying is uh they reference things that happen in the tv series mostly in the tv series like they talk about the attack in new york they talk yeah. about things but it's the one 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 direction thing. yeah that like this lack of acknowledgement um where, I mean, I suppose, you know, at that point in time, too, how would they have gotten yeah. to the fight? <coughs> yeah. That's legit. And this is also when, you know, Netflix won on their cancel rampage, yeah. so. But, like, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting them, to, like, to show up and, like, hey, we're the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. You know? yeah, so, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that'd be quite, like, just a shot of, like, you know, Quake and everyone. Of course, I'm jumping Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but, like, uh, not bringing back Coulson, because you have to explain Coulson being back. But, like, made the rest of the misses, like, cause, uh, in the background, like, oh, hey, there's Scarrows, Daredevil, and Luke Cage, you know? But I understand that we don't, you know, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Honestly, it wouldn't shock me if they kind of retconned all of those characters out of existence and then brought them back in later on anyway yeah. in the movies or in the Disney Plus series so they can just stick it to Netflix kind of thing. Yeah, well, I and, do that. and I mean, they have uh, already planned. I mean, we have what a Hawkeye series planned. We mm-hmm. have Scarlet uh, Witch and Vision. Scarlet Witch and Vision, which Vision was still dead. Can at we the just make of- a Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, please? <laughs> he, he's he's even deader. So. Yeah, they, they don't even mention him after he gets killed, which always drives Allison nuts. Cause, yeah, my wife's a huge uh, fangirl for uh, Scarlet Witch, and uh, and most that she has. Yeah, Scar- I mentioned before that she has a tattoo of Scarlet Witch and um, and Quicksilver symbols on the on. Uh, yeah, um, and I mean she was. They're twins too. Like it's not just that they were siblings; they were twins, and they they were each other's entire support system and world. 
And yeah, it is a little strange. She's not been brought up. Yeah, I see. Weird that that conversation she had with Hawkeye at the end of uh, Endgame. It's like talking about losing <laughs> vision, but just yeah. mention losing losing your brother. There's your dead your, your dead brother. What about your dead brother? Alice, I haven't looked into this at all, but Allison did say apparently at one draft of script when Hawkeye goes to his family's farm uh, with the with the trial, and he's supposed to goes to Age of Ultron and and take Quicksilver back. And bring him back into our world. I don't know if it's real or not. She read it for somewhere. I'd never sourced it. So I haven't seen that pop anywhere else. So don't quote me on that. Well, and now <laughs> that X-Men is going to become... Yeah. Or if it's going to become... Uh, I mean, that again... There's, I there's, kind of hope to keep everything separate there. But. I, I, and I think I've said this before. I don't mind if they do what they did with Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and that kind of like bringing individual characters into the universe. But I think keeping X-Men as the X-Men... I think that's their best move. You can move the Fantastic Four in. Right. Pretty easily, but the the X Men are going to be kind of a hard thing. I've has heard the theory big that universe it is. that the the snap happening three times on Earth, or yeah, three times, um, is going to cause people to start mutating, and that's going to how they're going <laughs> to write that in. That'd be oh, interesting. Yeah, that's an interesting because it's huh. it released so much gamma radiation, and it happened three times. You know, like, once in Wakanda, once in uh, New York, and then the second time. In New York. This is a. I know you've seen the new Spider-Man trailer. You have not, Bob. No, I'm avoiding it because I don't need to. I have my ticket to the movie. (laughs) Then we will not talk about it. We won't spoil Venom for you. Yeah, we'll leave. We'll leave that one. Fuck that. A little too much time. Can I bring up something? (laughs) (laughs) Special guest star. Come closer to the microphone. So, (laughs) so in Endgame, right? Um. Uh, what's his name? Hulk, not Hulk. Professor Bruce Hulk. <laughs> Professor Hulk. Yeah. Bruce no. Banner. Bruce yeah. Banner. Bruce Banner says that he combined with Hulk, and I'm considering that Hulk has completely different memories and thoughts and personality from Bruce Banner. So Hulk is a completely different person from Bruce Banner. Time Lady. I don't remember her name, but the she. Asian sh- one. Yeah. Right. She shoves um. Oh, she's yeah. Till out of out of out of uh. Professor Hulk's body, and it's only Bruce Banner. Hulk is not in there anymore. You know what happened? Bruce Banner killed Hulk and took his body. <laughs> See, I always thought that they were one and the same, just different. I mean, if they don't have the same memories and they have completely different personalities, I would argue it's that Hulk like, it's is kind a of completely weird different person situation. Like it's it's a weird take Hulk on things. Because Hulk is not in there anymore. Because Hulk's kind of more of like his version of his rage, and that's why I say like that's my secret. I'm always angry. You know, at that point, the Hulk isn't really around either. And kind of. like the monster in Young Frankenstein, where he's smoking a pipe and reading the New York <coughs> Times at the end of the day. I know, like, that's definitely yeah, but, a but weird in situation. Ragnarok, he doesn't even remember. Yeah. He doesn't. You know, it's a completely well, you, different person. He's like friends with Bruce Banner, but he's not friends with Hulk or whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. Like, so I argue that he killed not. Hulk and took his body. <laughs> Well, maybe we'll get a uh, so separate thing up for it. Bruce Banner. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm surprised. Like, yeah, for that, for he wasn't like kind of like. No, there's that whole bit with like, uh, like kind of rage was kind of embarrassing. You know, I was like, but yeah, like uh, I could definitely see that point where uh, it seems weird that yeah that there isn't that rage yeah. in him at all like anymore because he, he essentially is Bruce Banner in Hulk's body at this point. Yeah. I, I've yeah. always thought that the Hulk and Banner were separate. So yeah, no, it definitely does seem like Banner won the the, ma- the mind fight there. 
But uh, she didn't mention up like surprise Tilda did not know she was gonna be in the movie and then maybe so <laughs> oh, <I> did. <laughs> there was a lot of I mean even like Natalie Portman's extremely yeah. t- tiny cameo I was yeah. like damn well that girl was, came back for they, that uh, no, they used her that the shot of her physically in the movie was uh, a shot from War- Thor two they didn't use but they, oh. but they get her in the vo- recorder uh, recorded she did they get her into the recording studio to do her lines about do you have anything with pants. Oh no no this will be fine. That when you overhear that that is new dialogue, but the shot of her isn't new. Okay. Interesting. But then of course they did bring back Renee Russo, which is cool. Yeah, yeah and they but had a really, touching a really, scene really lovely scene. Um, so uh, we've been spending a lot of time looking specifically at Endgame. Um, yeah, we've been jumping around. We've lot. been jumping yeah. around, but we've not been really. We've it's mostly all been. And around game related. and game related, and, and the related. real hero of this entire series is Bible Man, <laughs> because he's prayed to God, and God has made that happen. That's Bible Man, Superman, the superpower. So they one God, and doesn't look like him, man. He didn't have to fight; he just had to stay and pray. He, he stay and pray in his weird church. And I respect you, Willie Ames. I respect you, Bible Man. <laughs> I especially oh. respect Willie Ames because he did a Ruggiero Diodato action movie. <laughs> it all comes oh back God. to the time cinema. Called Cut and Run. That's incredible. Is he the guy who plays Bible Man? I don't know. And it's wild as shit. That, now that's way, we're veering way off topic. <laughs> Do we want to talk about our favorite um, yeah. of the current MCU movies? Yeah, go for it. Um, I think the first really great one, which appropriately enough was the first one out of the gate, is the first Iron Man movie. I think it's terrific. It does a wonderful job of establishing the Tony Stark character. Uh, it creates a very intriguing backstory um, that is just as intriguing in terms of the human slash kind of action slash survival elements as the superhero <coughs> elements. And plus, you've got an indelible star turn by um, uh, by uh, Robert Downey Jr. I mean, you really can't go wrong with that. I mean, it just it's one of those it's one of those pulp movies that just does everything right. And it's no wonder it was a huge hit, and it's no wonder that they were able to launch the rest of the MCU, you know, version one, you know, two thousands around it. And I think it really helps that they're using a character unlike, say, Superman or Batman for DC that are, yeah. isn't really well established. Who kind of know yes. who he is? Yeah. They're not leading with Spider Man. They're not leading with people we've seen a hundred times or have like, preconceived notions yeah about. so they can rebuild them from the ground up yeah literally because it's yeah. which is a very wise strategy with hindsight it was really and it's really self-facing of performance from absolutely yeah from Tony Stark and uh, from Tony Stark from Robert Downey Jr. yes yeah. see <laughs> you're, you're doing what you're doing what audiences do when an actor really becomes you know indelibly associated with a role and like Tarantino would do it kind of rebuilt his career like yep. it, it made Downey Jr. Uh, a household name. Yep. Because um, he was like, you know, it's like, oh, that, oh he's great in Chaplin. Oh, he was a household name before, but not yeah, for the right reasons. Yeah, but for, <laughs> oh, yeah, for, oh, for, yes. for, for, for drugs mm-hmm. and more drugs and Listen Zero and more drugs. <laughs> uh, what about the rest of you? What are your sort of favorites of this uh, current iteration of the Marvel Universe? It depends on how you look at it, really. Like, I don't know. Go, guys, go ahead. No. Uh, I mean, I, uh, and, and, Cody can disagree with me on this, um, but I actually loved Spider-Man: Homecoming. It's, oh, it's, it's oh, one of my too. favorites. Heavens, it's yes. one that, as I've mentioned, I've never been a big Spider-Man fan, and that was the one that turned me into a Spider-Man super fan. 
uh, partially because the performances I think are so strong. I mm-hmm. love the relationship between um, Tony and Spider Man. I think it's really sweet. Uh, it was really sweet. You know what? <laughs> really, I'm not emotionally ready for this. We're not. We're not. We're not there yet, Tony. We're, we're not there yet. They're too close. soon. <laughs> also, make a, a reference to the movie itself. I'm going to be a hug. mess yeah. in the next the Spider-Man. There's going to be stuff, and it's going to make me. I'm going to have fucking emotions. <laughs> God damn it! I miss Mr. Stark. Oh, gee. <laughs> oh, gee. The hug. I mean, just like that wasn't a hug. I was reaching for the door. I mean, like. And then we get to play that off in a game, you know, and then. And uh, and even just, uh, I mean, uh, the the supporting characters, the actor plays Ned. Like they oh, have such it. a sweet, genuine friendship. Yeah. You can tell that the two of them get along as friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love uh, Zendaya's as as MJ. Uh, I love uh, our Aunt May is is someone who, I love <laughs> hot Aunt May like damn straight. Well, but yeah, also she's actually more than age appropriate yeah. to be yeah. Yeah. his aunt. Like yeah. when they you see all these like elderly people being his aunt and uncle, and I'm like, I'm mean, exactly it's the comics that way. You know, Aunt May's I, always I been know, frail but, old lady. But then yeah. they're like, it it go, it plays into something that bothers me a lot in terms of representations, actual representations of ages of parents and. And, like, there's two extremes. You either see the teenager's parents being elderly, or you see them being, like, five years older than their kids, depending yeah. on if it's a CW show or not. Yeah, well, it's like, if it's men, they're about five years apart. If they're yeah. women, they're, like, 50 years apart. Yeah. And so, it's it, it was really nice seeing someone where you're like, you believably would have a nephew who is a teenager. Uh, and, 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 and I think it, it, it gave a different... The, the ambiguity about Uncle Ben, too. Yeah. We don't actually know if there ever was an Uncle Ben. Uh, th- probably. No, no there, uh, Peter's um, uh, suitcase in Far From Home in the trailer uh, has his initial, like, I think it's BJ part, BJP or something like that. Because that's something they haven't really brought up is, is was there an Uncle Ben and did he go through a similar... Likely? <laughs> but they, I it's, think it's assumed. <laughs> but again, it's one of the reasons why I liked Homecoming is that I get really tired of origin stories yep. when I know the story. It's why I'm not excited when I see another Superman movie, even though I like Superman. I don't need to see his beginnings again. Yeah. I don't need to see the beginnings of Spider-Man again. I know <coughs> he's, I know it. Let's get to the more interesting stuff. That's all about in Civil War when he shows up. It's like it's a long story, and it's yeah. like that. That's it, it, you, know, you, you know what we all know, and like even uh, Into the Spider Verse made fun of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like right, stop me if you heard this before. <laughs> it's like all right, and it was a it was a fun bit, and I felt like even Into the Spider Verse again, the origin story was not the origin story everyone knows. Yeah, even though we do see the one we all know, like, we do five different times, but like <laughs> and like on crack, it's like psh, 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 we're done. So, uh... And you can't talk about uh, Homecoming without mentioning Michael fucking Keaton. Oh my god, yes. Who's who's <laughs> playing, like, when Birdman then goes bad. Like, it's it's great. Uh, but it, And I love the whole structure of it being essentially a teen movie oh, from, totally. like, the, the 80s or whatever. Like, it's, it's, it's just so much fun and a, a nice bit of levity to what... Uh, uh, going into a, a darker time in the MCU. <laughs> and uh, you, you touched on something, I think uh, one reason the things that really works in the MCU is that they aren't strictly superhero movies. They all have like a 
different genres that they're putting a superhero glean over, yeah. like uh, the Cold War thriller style of uh, Winter Soldier mm-hmm. or the the heist movies, the Ant Man movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, that they're taking that they're no, that they're not just a straightforward bam yeah. bam bam bam. Yeah. Uh, ending with bam 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 face you know, face punchings. That uh, you do have these other types of movies they're telling with this lens over things. It doesn't always strictly line up like. Like people reference you know, Cold War thrillers with a uh, Civil War, and there's references in there. It's right. not strictly one, but there's definitely that influence mm-hmm. over everything. And when you look at um, uh, other subgenres, I mean, uh, Doctor Strange is oh, yeah. very much um, influenced by gothic horror. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. There's a lot of that in there. Um, you've got the uh, kind of dusty. Uh, lovable uh, comic western in the Gal- Guardians of the yeah. Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I and th- I think that's another key to why the MCU has been so successful in in light of the abject failures of most of the uh, non Jason Momoa shirtless and non Wonder <laughs> Woman um, DC Shazam comics was movies. Shazam's not, um, is that uh, you don't get a lot of variety in the in the DC universe. Yeah. You D- don't dark. Get you get dark. Yeah, exactly. they're lightening up now. Finally, but yeah, because yeah. they're learning that they People. had some successful dark ones, but also we're living they in a time the, they when they went to the well too many times. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and again, you're just you're treading water over and over. It's the same things over and over and over again, and it's boring. Yeah, it's now one theory I'd like to posit about Spider-Man is if we're just seeing Uncle Ben's initials yeah. as B, you could in theory. <clears throat> Have bone saw. Bone saw, so good. I get it. And have him. Yeah, that would that would be the that would be a perfect. <laughs> but but Macho Man is dead, so we can't we can't use him. Uh, but uh, shit, wasn't say in regards to something in relation. Not not about bone saw, but about something you were just talking about for. Uh, oh yeah, with uh. Marvel going that far and taking risks, like people remember before Guardians of the Galaxy came out, people were like this is either going to be the biggest hit or the biggest failure. Yeah. Luckily, it was a hit, and when there were the the buzzwords, or the buzz phrase the weekend that came out and was huge was DC can't get their act together to make a Wonder Woman movie because they say people won't buy it. But here we have a you know a seven foot tall tree with a genetically modified raccoon with giant fucking guns shooting up a space prison. And like, but that's fine. But DC can't make Wonder Woman, which now they have. But like, Marvel has took those risks that DC was like, oh, I don't know. We can. They produced themselves to its death, and Marvel has ran with everything. So if you if you're on board, we're on board. You know. Well, I mean, I, I think <coughs> their dedication to world building, and I mean, again, it kind of goes back to where I feel like if we're doing a Marvel versus DC at the moment, you know, DC tries and keeps trying to do what Marvel's doing, but they can't keep it consistent. Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. you you They're playing catch have, up. They're totally yeah. playing catch up. And and it looks desperate. And, oh God. And they can't I mean you know, this actor's out as this character, this actor's out as this character. And I'm like, so are you starting over each time? We're gonna have another Batman. We're gonna have, you know we spent Two and a half hours figuring out Justice League, which felt like an introduction to yeah. Justice League, and, yet and you now, could yeah, you didn't have to watch Man of Steel or Batman vs Superman or anything before that to jump into Justice League, not in a good way. But now yeah. half the actors are out, and so what was the point? 
like they're they're struggling with I mean they're looking at we're doing another suicide squad but is it a reboot or is it a sequel both it's kind of both yeah and that and birds of prey comes out next year which is kind of like half undo it like changing harley quinn's character for the better but <laughs> and, and, and a joker movie with a yeah, new jo- I mean, which like, is not related apparently but we don't know until we watch it and, yeah. and i think that's one of their problems is that i feel like mcu committed and yeah. they said we're gonna and even when there's some missteps they're continuing to commit to what they're yeah DC kind of like dips their toe in and yeah. then pulls it right back out if something they're go. afraid to just jump they're into afraid court. well yeah. and they they really fucked it up well with, and, uh, I agree just not running with Man of Steel yeah mm-hmm. they didn't follow up with it until three years later yeah yeah and at that point they tried to do Man of Steel two plus the Batman yeah. I was saying that earlier, and I was like looking at the upcoming movies that are coming out. Generally, like, well, Birds of Prey comes out in a few months. Oh my god! Uh, I mean, in January, and then Wonder Woman comes out in June. These are six, ten months apart, continuing. Like, Shazam just came out. Shazam's in the last, from April to July. They're not having anything, and Marvel stuffing in like five movies. You know, so we want to say it's like it's overkill. This movie, you know, every three months is a new Marvel movie. But they're they make money out you know, hand money. over fist. Well, people and, love them. Well, yeah, uh, they're doing something right. And yeah, and they're build. Well, it's like Kim said, their commitment to world building is really laudable. And character they, building. Yeah. And they, you know, and the thing is that audiences are engaged enough to where they're going to keep going. I I'm interested in seeing what comes next. And they're yeah. they're being smart in for every humongous movie like an Avengers movie that has a, a huge 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 budget, they do a smaller scale movie that. It doesn't require quite the level. I mean, like, I'm sorry, Spider-Man: Homecoming, outside of however much they had to pay Robert Downey Jr. to do that. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, well, you they know, followed Age of Ultron with Ant-Man, and yeah. then they yeah. followed um, Infinity War with Homecoming and then Ant-Man, and then Ant-Man, and so then, <coughs> not that these still don't have very healthy budgets, but they're smart in that they have these big, big budget movies, and they have some more modestly budgeted <laughs> superhero movies, and so. They're they're not trying to do every single one of their movies as, because and I think that's DC's problem is that they're they're looking to make every single one epic and it's like if you're telling a good story it doesn't need to be yeah, and each of them is like a world of, well besides Shazam, like Shazam is a world destroyer yeah. and that's where I feel like Shazam is probably the first they're kind of finally maybe getting the hint. Yeah. If, like, if the bad guy in Shazam goes away, he'd take over Philadelphia? Yeah, he can keep yeah. it. <laughs> 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 like, like, like Spider-Man, it's the vulture stealing shit, you know? Yeah. If he steals all the shit he gets, he gets... He's stolen shit. Because he's your friendly neighborhood <laughs> Spider-Man. Yeah, or just yeah, yeah. Uh, like, it's not always have to be a sky beam. Yeah, <laughs> it can be. It can be again. Well, and, and and I think that's something that TV shows also are, are spend more time with is that they're looking a little smaller scale for the most part. Um, and I think it's crucial to do that because um, the one thing that I was a little concerned with when the first Avengers movie came out is I thought, okay, you've got all of these characters. The, the, all they're going to do. All they're going to be able to do at this point is they're going to be limited in terms of what and who they fight. It's yeah. going to always have to be a galaxy-crushing, implacable, giant, intergalactic force. Um, and the great thing about these other characters is that you get to see them at, at a smaller scale. You get that sense of balance. Mm-hmm. And so that's why it's awesome that we've got Peter Parker, our friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, doing his thing. You know, an Ant-Man fight night. Yeah. 
And Paul Rudd, who just never ages, yeah. and like because he spends his time in the quantum realm between movies. Uh, yeah, he pops in there to back out. What, where am I now? Well, even Black <laughs> Panther's villain. I mean, oh, he yeah. had like plans, but like he wasn't going to take over the world. Well, and I will say, I mean, looking at Black Panther, because I will say Marvel's villains are not always super well drawn, mm. and they got better at it. Um, but I think Black Panther still has one of the best drawn villains. Yeah, I think totally. other than Thanos himself. Other than Thanos, but only in Infinity War. Up until then, Thanos was... A dude in a chair. Yeah. yeah, like he was a dude in a chair. He was just a weird CGI blob and got well, talked about, but we didn't know much about him. If you read the comics, like... Right. We're not but we're not talking about the comics. Because <laughs> the comics don't apply to the movies. Oh, no, I, I, I totally understand that. Like, I was excited when I first saw him at the end of Avengers, but it's like eventually they had to put up or shut up, and they did wait a little bit on that. It was yeah, like six years. because they ago. weren't really sure exactly what they were doing. Well, with they had yet. they had to build to that. They just like throw them at you, like well, like I Justice remember. League doing with uh with Steppenwolf, like because everyone thought it would be Dark Side, or and then also they threw this guy at you. Here he is. Okay, okay, sure. You <laughs> know. Uh, and they're gonna, you know, I, I really thought they were gonna throw Thanos at you two soon. I thought the second Avengers movie was gonna be that, and I'm mm. glad that they waited. Yeah, he's kind of hanging out in the background doing his thing, and then like shows up in uh, Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. Galaxy. Everyone's like, Ooh. like yeah. that looks opening night. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, Thanos, you know. But he always does his chair, you know, showing that he's he's pushing all the pieces into place. Mm-hmm. But they're too, they're playing kinda. the long game. And I think uh, sometimes like the world building of of the long game is like the Infinity Stones all sh- mostly showing up in other things as other things that we don't even like. It's not like here's the Tesseract. This is an Infinity Stone. It's no. not like that. It's the ice machine. Okay, I thought your cat was farting. <laughs> uh, I mean, she does have like a little, like a little motorboat. <laughs> okay, she just threw some serious you, shade at you, just, Tony. <laughs> we just, we just should have totally gone with that. Yeah, that was my ice maker. Because oh. people uh, keep getting ice. It's my ice maker. But stuff, but, but stuff like the, the the Tesseract or the Ether and stuff like that, they find out later they're important in other ways. Yeah. That isn't this, um, here's the Bud's exposition saying this thing isn't just this. Yeah. It's this thing too. Well, we're, but it's like, it allows us to go back later and see how it all exactly. ties and, and it, it gets together. back to, again, uh, the point that was being made is that they committed to it. And I think that one of the things I'm suspecting that DC did not do is map out things in the detailed manner that the MCU did. Oh, the MCU, no, no. you know that you know that somebody, that a whole team of people were sitting there, you know, like probably pretty early on, maybe even, I don't, I, I can't speak to how long, um, you know, if the whole universe was in place after Iron Man uh, or before Iron I think Man. probably scribbles. I would ideas. imagine, but I mean, I, I would imagine also it seems to me that as soon as Iron Man became a big hit, they realized they had something and I would imagine they started sketching stuff out. Yeah, well, so you had, you know, the big shocker moment in Iron Man would be, you know, Nick Fury coming out and saying, yeah. the Avengers Initiative, saying it, ooh, we're going to try this. Yeah, if Justice League had done it like that, yeah. it would have been fucking, like, Batman or Superman comes home and then all of a sudden fucking uh, Green Lantern and Wonder Woman <laughs> and, and fucking Flash pop out be like, you're part of a larger universe. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck was up with the Flash casting for Justice League? Uh, Ezra Miller was a terrible flash. Oh, I like see, I, he was like the only thing I liked outside of he. He was Jason the most shirtless, but oh, yeah. he and wasn't what? the Flash. He was a. And I think part of his I don't know the Flash, and so I liked him because I thought he was funny. <clears throat> he was, but I'm like that's a he's just playing fucking Peter Parker. 
Essentially. Man, this might be why I liked him then, too. Uh, I Because I will say on the DC side, I read all the Superman stuff. I read Superman. I read Supergirl. Um, I read uh, Superboy. Like, anything that was super in it. But I did not read much of the other uh, DC stuff, so I'd never read Flash, and that was my first exposure to him. And so I was like, yeah, sure, this is Flash. And, and the fact that, you know, Green Lantern is such a big part of the Justice League and they cut him out of the movie because they're like, he's oh. never had a success. But he's still on the, like, the DC Flash at the beginning, but. Yeah, and it's like, come <laughs> so on. They're going to try again at some point, right? But anyway. <laughs> it's like, that was, that was bullshit in my, in my view. I'm like, it's not Green Lantern's fault that you fucked his movie up so bad you retconned it. But, like, um, but going back to the world building of, uh, the uh, of different things, other things mm-hmm. popping in. Then I think it allowed us to have one, you know, the time heist sequence, the second act of uh, yeah. of, of Avengers, allowed us to go back <coughs> and go back and see the other movies and not being a cloying. But it's funny that I'm mentioning Back to the Future and then later doing Back to the Future 2 for the second yeah. act of the movie. Yeah. In a really fun way, if not, not a way. Like, it, there's a lot of fan service in there, but isn't, hey, fan service, you know? Like the, it, it doesn't feel like violent yeah. um, rib nudging. Yeah, exactly, and it's, it's a natural fit. And that's uh, and it's uh, talking to Tony in, after the movies. Like yeah. they bring in time travel in a natural way. I think really works. That being yeah. like, oh, uh, you're just trying to fix what you did. I think it actually really worked, and it didn't become the crux of the movie because the third act would be different. The first act kind of setting up that, and there were still consequences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It wasn't like we messed up. We're gonna go fix it again. Like there was still lasting consequences, and I mean, one of those consequences being that. They they brought, Thanos back. Yeah, they brought Thanos back. Um, I will say, I want to give a shout out to uh, Karen uh, uh, Gillian, Gillian, yeah, who whatever. plays um, Nebula, because she was given more to do, I think, this movie than almost any of the mm. others, or at least in terms of, of real growth. Yeah, yeah. And and having the opportunity to play herself, both the younger version of herself and the, the now more evolved version. And uh, she... I thought did a fantastic job. Oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed even like a lot of her scenes with Tony in the beginning, like the when they were just playing the, the <laughs> yeah. I mean the the table football and you don't do that. We're, yeah. just, we're just playing a game. And how serious she yeah. was about the whole thing. Like it, it just it was it was really nice. And it was um Nebula's a prime example of of, of Marvel treating its characters, right? Because yeah. she's a side yeah, she's a secondary a villain. Totally secondary in villain. Guardians of the Galaxy, gets a little more doing Guardians of the Galaxy two. We're finding, oh no, I wanted, I wanted a sister. Yeah, is that we had that build, and now by this point, she's a part of the team. She's a major, influential character, both in 2014 version of her and the now version. Yeah, and something you would never expect from a just the the other villain, or the third. Third villain down in Guardians of the Galaxy. Who wasn't so super well drawn? I mean, who was was fine, but was not. You weren't expecting her to have any lasting impact later on, and yeah. ended up being a major. Oh yeah, player. Huge part of it. Um, and I mean, she was the only one who knew where the fucking Stolestone was. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, and again, looking at their slight female problem, that did help having uh, another female character play a central part. Um, uh, now, I am curious, what did you feel about the moment with all the women coming together to be like, we'll get you through, <laughs> don't worry. And in some ways it feels like it's a direct, like, we have to have this moment, otherwise you bring it up. Did you think that? But some, Aww, but, but, I can't <laughs> imagine why you would have thought Well, no, I, I thought it was a, a good moment. Definitely, I've 
I hate I thought it. it was pandering. Yeah, it was definitely, it's, pan- it was definitely pandering. I enjoyed it, but it's definitely fan service in that way. But it's it's definitely like a fuck you guys who hated Captain Marvel, you know? I felt, uh, see, it felt less as a fuck you guys who hated Marvel and more of a, see, we like women. Look, we have women characters yeah. here. They're right here. I, I, I I'm surprised one of them didn't say fucking girl power. I know, <laughs> I know. I was like, okay. Well, nice girl show up, girl and power. That gets, <laughs> and that gets back to one of the, it's interesting that you mentioned that because that was one of the things that um, kind of uh, bothered me a little bit about Captain Marvel, which I actually really enjoyed. And I thought there was a lot of wonderful stuff in it. But one of the things that really kind of frustrated me is there's a moment where um, Carol Danvers' friend, the pilot, I forget what her, her character's name is, is basically giving this big rah-rah speech about how you know they're, they're strong and they're women and you know sisters are doing it for themselves. And the thing is, the movie does such an elegant job up to that point of establishing that. It creates these two three-dimensional female characters who just are. They do their thing. They're friends. They are extremely capable at their fucking jobs. Yeah. Well, just friends. Friends. Yeah. Okay. And that haircut that but, she gets. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But continue. Sorry. We, oh, we that, that's okay. It's it, you're entirely on point. I think. Uh, but it just it. You know, it it takes that one monologue, takes these two characters who they've done such a good job of establishing out, and it it puts in what feels like pandering, which really kind of, it it like really stood out to me, mostly because the rest of the movie was so entertaining for me. I mean, am I the only person who. No, I I think they they did that subtly. Like, like I didn't like the, I didn't like the use of. just a girl as the fighting song. It's like that yeah, felt like do it all on the nose, yeah. But uh, but earlier, like when uh, I can't remember if the daughter of the mom's Maria, uh, mm-hmm. but of of the of the Rambos, uh, is that when she's like, no, it's too dangerous. I'm going to go to. I'm I'm going to stay here. It's like, and I think the little girl saying, does that make a good role model, mom? He's like, I think it's a much better use of that same thing. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, like yeah. that. That's more of a not. I wouldn't say subtle, but still like. That's all you need to know. Or her saying, saying, like, are you being a good role model for me by by sitting back and watching Fresh Prince with me? It's not not being like, I'm going to deliver a monologue right now about being a woman. It's like... Yeah, it would have been... For me, it was... Like, a a lot of stuff that I liked about Black Panther is they didn't make it about him being black the entire movie. (laughs) It's not like he, he went in the end, Dr. King tells us kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, Thank you. And, they, you know, that, and, and again, but that's like, you know, by and large, again, with a few exceptions that we've noted, but by and large, um, the MCU is very good about that. Yeah. They're very and, good and about I was not kind overstating of like, that. Captain Marvel did kind of trip up at points on that. I'm like, I think they got a little too smart for their own good. Well, I think when you've only had one female in superhero movie, <laughs> yeah. they're still trying to figure out how do women work? <laughs> they're so confusing. <laughs> If we I do something wrong, she's going to cry. <laughs> but at least she might be on her period. I was about to say that. I'm like, uh, we can't do a Black Panther movie. She's on her period a month out of, or a, a week out of the whole month. We can't shoot on that schedule. Oh, my God. What is she? She's going to be bleeding from things. <laughs> um, but at least in that she wasn't, ultimately she wasn't Deus Ex Caro. Uh, Captain Marvel, which I kind of thought, or I guess it'd be Captain no, Marvel X Mark. I was actually surprised how little she was in. Yeah. The movie, um, with how much I felt like it got set up, I'm kind of upset we didn't see the direct aftermath to that end scene in, in Captain Marvel, the Where's Fury. Well, I think yeah. she, then she went up to. Yeah, I know, it. but I wanted yeah, to yeah. see them being like, I wanted to see that initial who the fuck, what's going on? I wanted to see that moment. Yeah, 
Um, because I wanted to see them explain themselves to, like, this glowing woman. Um, and then, I, I don't know, I, maybe it's because, I like, I think it's the theater nerd in me. I like seeing immediate reactions. Yeah. I like that moment. And I always get bummed out when we get that kind of cliffhanger and then we don't, we don't get the it, yeah. payout. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, no, no. I want that reaction. I want that, I want that full moment. I kind of want, like, to see what happened in those five years after the snap happened. Uh, like, how were there no global supervillains? Were like, there, like, how did also, people... no one cleaned up New York at all. No, yeah. like, City Field still destroyed. I know. Shit. I was like, really? Get your shit together, New you York. Know, Come on. It, it's one of those things where it's like, how would the community, you know, how would the world at large react that they failed, man? <laughs> they lost. Thanos is a thing. Yeah. Not only do other species exist, but there's a fucking... Big, That's why we know aliens. There's a big grimace-looking motherfucker who, who assembled all these stones and killed half of us. So that happened. I wonder how much that was on camera. Like, I wonder if like yeah, oh, because most like of it happened in Wakanda. Yeah. Dude, I was thinking knows. about that for uh, for Endgame. It's like, is there some sort of like we don't see any helicopters or anything, but are there people like around filming this? <laughs> like, is this gonna be on the news later? But really, it's only <laughs> seen in New York that yeah. you because otherwise yeah. it all happened in either Wakanda or off world. Yeah, yeah, and so people knew something happened. Although, did people stop going to school? Because suddenly, <laughs> Peter Parker is like, well, I'm back in school. I and think I'm all his people. friends got dusted, too, I guess. We'll find the out. entire yeah. high school well, the, the got five, dusted. The five, yeah. I mean, Maybe, you know. there were a few moments like that where I'm like, I, I get that half the world's population, but five years later, you're telling me we've not, we don't have some of our shit back together. Like, you're the right. level of... of uh, destroyed that New York still it looks. It seems to be some places like... The, everybody came back and they immediately had their shit together. Well, like, well, like, what happened to the guy who was dating a new guy? Well, right? we'll find out what happens. Like, we'll find out like, what happened like when, also, when HR considered you dead or you stuck in your social security checks so you get five years worth. What if your wife got remarried? They those only five. But we, we don't see any of, any of that. We just see... Been producing food. For half the population, there's going to be a big ass. <laughs> it might be abundance now. Yeah, but I feel like that some of the species of the world might have made it. Oh, well, except that they got. I forgot it was everything. Oh. Oh, they said that there's. Uh, I guess the, the birds showed up, yeah. Too. <coughs> Which is kind of weird because if you want more production, you think you'd keep all of the animals that we eat. Eh. <laughs> Thanos has some. like... But we don't know all the details. But that's birds. how megalomaniacs roll. Yeah. Yeah. McDonald's probably went under, though, because Good. he looks. Like Grimace <laughs> in a lot of regards, and all I could think of is Grimace with that. Nothing can kill the that, Grimace. Uh, that Guy Fieri Infinity Gauntlet. Because <laughs> 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 I, 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 did I send the picture of Guy Fieri Thanos to everyone? Mm-hmm. No. I remember seeing it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I did. But yeah, because he's got the fucking flavor gauntlet. Oh, okay, okay, yes. But we've been uh, jumping around, so I do know, like to answer Tony's question from earlier of a favorite uh, horror movies because we can't it's, make it's a joke. It's obviously but... Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives. This is why I was suggesting we go movie by we movie. Could, this was what was gonna happen. I I I, I figured that too. Yeah. Like maybe we should start at beginning. <laughs> should we go back to the beginning and kind of talk a little bit each one? How about this? How about Iron Man? We already talked about that. Yeah. It was cool. Incredible Hulk. That one was kind of <laughs> shitty. Uh, it has moments. I has know. Moments. It's I, a B movie. It it's really a, is. It's a it's a no bullshit, tacky but fairly entertaining B movie. The uh, I it like, has nothing. It, it it adds no value whatsoever to no, the MCU. You don't need to watch it. And I like Tim Roth, but Tim I Roth's enjoyed cool. it. Yeah, I Tim Roth it. is. Uh, I enjoyed it as face. the schlock that it was. Oh, yeah. Meh. Iron Man two was shit. Iron I hated that movie. It I meant to think. Well, Mickey Rock with Russian accent. And, uh, but and I don't Boyd. find that wonderful. I need Boyd. 
Boyd. Me Boyd. <laughs> I need Boyd. Oh, uh, Rama, the, we have to get the have to whip <laughs> Iron Man hard. The but thi- we got Black Widow. The the thing with with uh, yeah, I think Iron Man too. She was my favorite. Part we get of that. Yeah. we get her in there, and as a surprise too, they don't advertise that she's yeah. Black Widow until halfway through the movie when he realizes who she is. Um, I mean. It was kind of obvious, though. Yeah, Bob. I don't know. It was. I mean, yeah, I know, but you see her in like the the stuff in there. Like you don't, you see her in the trailers, just being a you know being the receptionist, secretary person helping out. You don't see her do that stuff until. But later. come on, when the movie's playing, yes, but then the trailers, no. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's but that's different than saying maybe send us out saying you know Black Widow is in this. Uh, where but it also has that issue where they're world building a lot. Uh, and yeah. just me shoving yeah. in like just too many things. Yeah, and then um, oh yeah, we disbanded the Avengers Initiative. It's like what the fuck? That was like the stinger at the end of your first movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're not a fit for it, uh, Tony Stark. But that was like yeah, the first time. That was like two years after that. I said they had two years of nothing, and then here's this, and then we have still have to wait another year before uh, from Thor. Iron Man two to, to Thor, which I I fucking love. I th- I thought yeah. the original Thor was really really good. I was surprised how much I. I I saw after Iron Man the next MCU movie I actually saw was Avengers, um, and only because I don't remember something happened where I was like oh, I guess I'll watch this, uh, and so then I went back to watch all the others and I was surprised how much I liked Thor. I never actually saw any of them until I saw Avengers. <laughs> Someone took me to see it. I think a well, lot of people. And the thing with Avengers, you can watch it without yeah. seeing the previous. It should yeah. not feel lost, but also not feel like. And the fans who watch it like, I've never seen this before, you know? I think it did a really good job of balancing. That's my personal favorite is the the original Avengers. I really like that. But that's still two movies away, sir. If you want to go order by order, still talking about Thor. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, But Thor was good. But I think Thor also, I think, was... was, Gave us Loki. Yeah, it did. Um, who, you know, gave Tom Hiddleston's career. You say that Chris Hemsworth. Um, and then, but the thing is, that I think it works with Thor is that that's, yeah, they went to space. They got weird. Yeah. So, like three movies in, it's like four movies in where it's like, we're going to go to some places that you're not going to expect for a superhero movie. And if may, maybe if Thor didn't land well, they would have maybe pulled it back to Earth. They would have mm-hmm. kept away from the you know, high fantasy elements. But one, it I think worked. that was one that they didn't need as high budget for because most of their actors in that, like you had your handful of, of veteran actors and you like, had yeah. Natalie Portman, but otherwise, no one in there is yeah, demanding Hemsworth a huge. Was, Hemsworth yeah. was still uh, relatively like, unhappy. He was, yeah. was uh, Kirk's dad and yeah. Perfect Getaway. Yeah. I but think his perfect brother casting. was more well known for dating Miley Cyrus. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and doing the Hunger, Hunger Games. Games. Was, yeah. Hunger Games is just about to come out too, so it's like it's around the same time. Like Hunger Games came out. The first one came out when Alice and I, a few months in Alice and I, dated 2012. So I guess it was filming. Um, but uh, America, I was talking to one of the screenwriters at the Thor movies, Christopher DeGoss, who's done a lot of stuff with, the, with this at a Rose City Comic Con a couple of years ago. Um, it was right before Dark World came out, so I guess 2013. And uh, we were talking about Chris Hemsworth, and like, yeah, this guy I never heard of before. But as soon as he walked on the set wearing the the costumes, like. That's Thor. That's motherfucking Thor, and we're fine, you know. Yeah. And he's fine. That's good. <laughs> but bringing in Kenneth Branagh actually, I think, brought a lot of gravitas, oomph to it. Yeah. yeah, but I, I will say, I feel like the Thor movies. I enjoyed the first one. I was fine with the second one. But the third one is the one where you're like, ah, this yeah. is. But we'll get yeah we'll yeah. get to the, but that point but but point is like you're bringing in like a well known you know. Really well-known director, like John Favreau, decently well-known before that. 
you know, Louis Latier, not at all. <laughs> I would argue Jean Favreau is probably better well known amongst the average human than Kenneth Branagh. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. But... I mean, like, I know Kenneth Branagh because I'm a nerd and I'm a Shakespeare nerd, but if you ask most people who he is, like, your average person. Oh, Lockhart, yeah. <laughs> versus, you know, the guy that is in movies, yeah. like, and does, like, the jungle oh, book. for. Yeah, for Harry Potter too. You know, because he played Gilroy Lockhart. Yeah, um, he also did um, Murder on the Orient. Yeah, but that's years. That's, yes, this, which this your is average human yeah. being saw too. It, <laughs> it did great at the box office. I did not. Like I think that, me and my mom were the only people who went and saw probably. that movie. I'm just saying that Kenneth Branagh was more highbrow. So yeah. like, yeah. I, I think among sure the art crowd, he was he's better known. But among your average Joe, I would not say he's as bad. But uh, we also did get Anthony Hopkins that one. I think it's something yeah. that we see later on. Is like it's really cool to see. Is like. You know these more highbrow actors coming in and doing Marvel movie like, yeah. like uh, and Net Benning and the and then mm-hmm. Captain Marvel, Renee Russo, Glenn Close, uh, Renee Russo because Glenn Close is in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, that's right. Yes, uh, it's like Glenn Close in Star Wars movie. You know, Star John Wars C. movie. John C. Riley <laughs> yeah. too is yeah. in uh, the Guardians, Guardians of the Galaxy. And yeah, the, it's uh, Nicholas, well. Uh, Nathan Fillion's a geek, geek actor, but yeah, but yeah, people that like your grandma knows, you know, showing up in Marvel movies. It is movies. still, I, I still, it, it is so surreal to me that we get Oscar nominees and Oscar winners playing superheroes and supervillains in Marvel comics movies. They're like, at which, which speaks to how well the movies are executed overall. I mean, they're they're not all perfect, but uh, overall, <laughs> as as storytelling goes, they actually seem to give actors. Especially, it's a combination of the of the quality casting, but they just seem to give actors something more substantial to chew on than superhero movies did in the past. I mean, it's just it's uh, we're at a point right now where this is our cultural mythology, um, and uh, the Marvel comics movies have become what Star Wars was about twenty or thirty years ago, which is like the 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 um, pop culture mythos that we all follow. And what's interesting about MCU is it's way denser way thicker uh, and it's probably going to last way longer because they've done a really good job of staggering it out of of building the world and continuing the momentum of that built world to keep expanding on itself and they haven't pulled a Jar Jar Binks yet. So. <laughs> well, they, they also have source material in the comics. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. they and, and, and they've they done a zillion other places. <clears throat> like, well, yeah, we do have the other Star Wars stories like Rogue One, and everything, but they still relate to the same straightforward motion where here you can have There's the a Thor movies doing of, their own thing. You can yeah. have Spider-Man doing his own thing. Yeah. You can have they, things doing their own thing popping in and popping back out. Mm-hmm. We got people who never connect if, if we want to, you know. Yeah. Like, who's going to bring up the... Uh, Whatever the fuck they are in, uh, on the moon, <laughs> they had a bad, bad ABC television show. They Dude, don't humans. matter. In humans, yeah, they don't matter anymore. You know? <laughs> R.I.P. Black Bolt. <laughs> fuck, that pissed me off. That, movie, that show. I, we watched the movie. We watched the, the first two episodes on on IMAX. Oh, like, it's oh, it's awful. Bullshit. We never watched anything else from there. You know, uh. the fucking cowards didn't. And like, that's the one thing they didn't commit to was the Inhumans. Is they're like you're gonna do a movie and then yeah, it's gonna come out next year originally. Because Black Bolt, I think, is a really cool-ass hero. You know, when he talks, he can say a fucking word and level a city block, which I've always really liked. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought he was really great in the comics as part of, like, the Illuminati and everything, and they, they did my boy bad on that one. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. We got, like, for every time they do somebody bad, there's, like, 20 examples of them doing something really yeah. well. Well, then TV, they can risk some things. If it work, then it doesn't work. They move on, you know? Movies yeah. do have a little more permanence, even if we're talking about if, like, Thor didn't work, they'd move back. But 
Um, then that gets us back to actually my second favorite of the MCU is Captain America: The First Avenger. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I I until Thor three came out, which I'm showing my hand. Until Ragnarok came out, this was my favorite because uh, I'm a huge fan of early serials of goofy science fiction over the top adventures. Or it's a wonderful adventure period. Movies. It's oh. like a fun, engaging period piece. It's you know again getting back to the whole how they're doing all these they do all these different wonderful kind of comic book versions of, of genres and subgenres. What a great kind of rip-roaring period action yeah, this movie is, this in the is vein indie, of this the This is Flash Jones Gordon. Films. This is, yeah. Yeah. This is stuff that Star Wars is built on. Like, you know, there's literally... Uh, uh, Red Skull literally builds anti, anti-matter rays that people explode when <laughs> you touch them. People, you got Captain America shooting people in the face. You know, you got Nazis. Yep. You got weird science. You got Hugo you got weaving. so much cool shit. Hugo yeah, weaving. Hugo weaving. Yes. Uh, you got Haley Atwell. I love you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. Tommy Lee Jones. Talking about like yeah. an A-list actor showing like, up and just in a giving it a random all. little part too. Yep. I'm mean. not going to kiss you too. <laughs> <laughs> and then bringing in Joe Johnson's director. He's not a household name, but he but uh, he made Jurassic Park three, which I stand by. Like. Um, Rocketeer he made that awful Wolfman. He worked with Lucas on several Star Wars projects. Whip the awful Wolfman in Jurassic Park, and you have my feelings on it. <laughs> and uh, so, but he's a guy who knows serials uh, and has that that feel to it. And I think that's why I love Captain Captain America: The First Avenger because it, it hits me in all my sweet spots. It's well, it does. In my estimation, it does everything right. It does everything that it, it sets out to do right, and that's which is kind of the credo of most of the Marvel movies. You know, it leans uh, into what it is. Yeah, and exactly. In and this plus, case, it's a cheesy serial. And yeah, it works. you know, and, and plus you have Haley Atwell, who is just oh, wonderful, fucking magical. And I love her. The you know, if I'm at uh, Agent Carter, her series is great. It's too bad she didn't get as much traction oh, I as know. it did. A damn shame. Yeah, it's like yeah, her, her serial. Her serial was like her show was such like a radio drama serial, and I Absolutely. loved it too. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, it just goes back to this is one of the reasons why the MCU keeps keeps uh, keeps on keeping on is because they're able to do entirely <coughs> different things tonally. There's versatility there. There's uh, there's an expansiveness of vision when it comes to the whole MCU that you just didn't and don't get with DC so far. And DC's still playing catch up. They're still playing cleanup. And then that brings us to the Avengers, the Which or is, Avengers Assemble. Yeah. If you're if you're new UK, uh, yeah. you're the first big meetup of everyone, and it, it worked. You know, it, it showed this all works together. Like the hero shot when they circle around that we could, we could oh, see yeah. again and oh, yeah. It's like when that lands. You know, halfway most of the way through the movie, it's like this fucking works. Yep, I can't believe they pulled it off and they did. And that's something we keep seeing again and again, like during Endgame when. Everyone's coming out of the portals and like, oh god, I can't believe this works, but it does. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then you go back and see the Avengers, like six of them together, and it's like, oh, that's big. And I just see like thousands of, of people, and you're so into it. Absolutely, absolutely. And and another, you know, and they they did very well by hiring a very comics literate and very much uh, kind of uh, geek aesthete. Uh, in Josh Josh Whedon, who knows a thing or two about taking um, durable characters and giving them a humorous spin, 
that that feels natural and organic. And that's when it, you know one of my favorite things about the Avengers is the throwaway moment at the end where they're in the fucking restaurant. Mm. They're yeah. sitting in the restaurant and they're chilling and they're eating. And after all the epic adventure that's happened before, it somehow still works. It somehow still feels right with the with with the universe they've created, with the world they've built. And if you go back and watch the scene, you see Chris Evans is covering his face because he has a beard for Snowpiercer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as they say, it's a cover pack of Captain America currently has a beard because they filmed that much later yeah. on. And, yeah. and talking about... Um, characters that could be thankless. I mean, Steve Rogers could be, like, Clark Kent only, like, about 100 times more bland, but uh, Chris Evans brings something to it. Um, he brings this sense of commitment. Uh, he that, did a really good job, uh, sorry not to cut you off, mm-hmm. um, but he did a really good job portraying the man out of time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. I, I really liked that. He felt like he was actually from another time when he was doing the role. It wasn't just... Well, okay, I've, I've already acclimated, you know. Yeah. yeah. But he's not like, oh, George E. Wilkers. He doesn't have that either. Yeah. He definitely has a man like a who's gone through a war. Uh, but he's also the ultimate good guy. But, he, yeah, being a Boy Scout without being the big blue Boy Scout, you know, yeah. like, like Superman is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and you, and you do feel <clears throat> there's still a sense of conflict in the guy. And, and one of the things, I mean, we're probably jumping a little bit ahead here. Yeah, one right. of the reasons why I love Winter Soldier is because you see that dawning of awareness in him. Uh, which parallels kind of symbolically with the whole, um, you know, um, Ernest Americana thing uh, being seriously shaken to its foundations by the corruption of the of the gov- of the government of the system, and him and his character having to face that through all of the action and and adventure and shenanigans is that's something that you have to give them props for actually taking a few seconds to to acknowledge in you know in the second movie yeah and then yeah, uh, there's this thing like oh you have your mission she had hers yep. it's like well i don't like where this other mission is going i have sick and it's it's not just and general ross brings this up and um ultron's like it's it's not just uh it's not answering to it's his patriotism isn't answering to his superiors it's answering to the country and how he feels about it yep uh rather than uh, who are just giving him the order? It's the ultimate bigger order, I guess. Yeah, and that and that's some that's some kind of heady turf for a, a comic book movie to go into. So, again, props, hats off to him. And uh, yeah, Cap was my until Spider Man reentered. Spider Man is my personal favorite superhero across the board. And until we got Tom Holland uh, in the series, Cap America was my favorite version of adaptations in there. Cause I thought mm-hmm. he was the great switch over to this yeah. to cinematic. Uh, and yes, it's. Uh, Chris Evans barely seen before a couple of different things. All lot of superhero movies like or comic movies like The Losers and uh, Scott Pilgrim, Fantastic Four. <laughs> uh, and I gotta say, he was one of the Snowpiercer really, also a comic. You know, <laughs> if, the, if the rest of uh, the Fantastic Four films that he was in were as good <coughs> as he was as Johnny Storm, then we wouldn't be talking in such disparaging yeah. tones about Fantastic Four because I thought he was terrific as Johnny Storm. He was like this great rendering of this of this like semi iconic character. And in the middle of a really no, he was the best part of those movies easily. Movies, and he's also great in um, Sunshine, Danny Boyle Sunshine, uh, mm. which is oh, uh, yeah, a criminally yeah. underseen movie. Even I forget if, that he's in that. Yeah, yeah he's uh, yeah. I remember, I remember he goes into the tank. I remember the the main part of that. Uh, but that's a criminally underrated movie that people should check out. It's nothing to superheroes, but go see Sunshine, mm. uh, even with its bonkers third act. <laughs> um, but uh, shit was. <laughs> Where are we? But but in, in Avengers, uh, selling yeah that 
the big moment, and everyone gets their, their moments. We see this later on in the series, yeah. especially in Civil War, is that we see really well everyone interacting with each other. And we see how well they are drawn as characters. How, yeah. What happens when Thor meets Iron Man? Where are they going to butt heads? Where's, you know, then how everyone works? And then bringing in the helicarrier. Like, I like, I've mentioned a couple of different points about this. We need to take that step forward and seeing how far the general public's going to go along with something weird. Mm-hmm. It was when you bring in this flying. Invisible helicarrier, and they're like, cool. <laughs> and then that was like, it's also the non the marketing until it happens in the movie, and you're like, oh fuck yeah, we're going there, you know. I, I and I think it's a it's a testament to how well the characters are drawn that for me at least, um, most of the villainous shenanigans in the Avengers are pretty anonymous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's basically the last act is is everyone like basically destroying a, this you know members of this amorphous hive slash, you know, enclave of, uh, of like, you know, mechanical and, and, you know, insectoid beasts, and they really don't make much of an impression, but, but you're incredibly does. invested yeah. because, yeah. A, you've got the character of Loki at the center, and B, you've got all these wonderfully drawn superhero characters that you've been following, like, total hook, line, Yeah, it's, it's about the characters, about bringing them together and saying this could work, exactly. it's a big thing. Uh, and then leads us to a movie that I will also defend, but people hate it, uh, is Iron Man 3, directed by Shane Black. I didn't hate Iron Man 3. I thought the Mandarin twist kind of sucked, but I liked the movie. Actually, I love that twist. I thought it was really well I done. thought it was funny, but I also really liked the Mandarin in the comics. Yeah. I, I go back and forth on it. It's yeah. Mandarin's one of those characters, is kind of, if you did him straight, you're going to get a lot of... It like, would oh. be <laughs> very problematic. I, I wish they'd like, have done it at, with, with um, Ben Kingsley playing that role. But uh, here's the thing, like in the according to uh, I think Hail of the King is the short, the Mandarin does they still exist in that form in this universe too. That Killian took an idea of a character of a terrorist he thought was dead and ran with it, but it turns out the actual Mandarin's mad at him because he takes a, he takes a Ben King's character out of prison. Uh, in the short that was attached to Iron Man three Blu ray. So he's out there. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. But he takes him out like kills him, or no? He he take, he kidnaps him, breaks him into prison, oh. takes out him and uh, Justin Hammer, who's also yeah. Him. I mean, I the, you know I'm not a giant fan of Iron Man three, but I do respect the fact that um, that they were taking chances and tweaking the formula with it. That yeah. they that they were doing something um, a, a little bit offhand and a little bit weird, and that people still accepted it because it's part of this universe that they had grown to know and love. And it's good, like. You know, draw it back down of like how one particular character reacts to everything that just happened. Yep. Because he's going through his PTSD yeah. and going I, through I really everything like that happened. Yeah, yeah. Rather than what's the next big threat? I'm ready to face it because he's not ready yeah. to face it. There's there are a lot of good things in it because his world is pretty much. I've only that's one of the few that I've only seen destroyed. once. So I I would definitely be interested in revisiting it. Um, and this is uh, so. What are you guys thoughts on Thor: The Dark World, the most maligned in the series, but yeah. I still think still okay I don't, movie. I don't. Yeah, I don't get why it gets the hate that it gets. Like, it's not amazing, but it, <coughs> it's not Iron Man too bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's um, uh, there's there's some fun moments in it. If nothing else, again, I I'm I enjoy Loki, so <laughs> I I like the opportunity to. Uh, see a little more with him and and uh, um, uh, the relationship between Thor and Loki specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, I I will say I felt this from the beginning and I content- continue to feel it through that is that you have Natalie Portman who is a fairly high caliber actor and 
you waste her. Um, yeah. In the, I mean, like honestly, like yeah, she's yeah. she's wasted in the movie. Like she's she's a, she's a plot point. She's a plot point, and and I kind of understand why she got pissed and didn't want to do the movies anymore. It's like you're promised one thing, you're promised also a female director, yeah. you're promised so certain things in your character, uh, and and <laughs> then that's not delivered. And again, you're once again there to serve Thor's story, which yeah, I get it, it's Thor, but. I feel like you have Black Panther, which does such a great job of... of Creating a whole constellation of ancillary characters who yes. feel like full flesh, fully fleshed out and, and, and fully developed. Um, and, and so why can we not do that with some of our other movies? So yeah, I think we've done better over time. At that point, they're, st- they're still trying to find the footing of where to go with these characters after something like Avengers happening. Where, where does Thor go now, you know, after, after that? Um, and then... Uh, forcing, wasting Christopher Eccleston as a bad guy as well mm. with a really underwritten yeah. Dark Elf. No, Again, Keith. what's why bother to cast an actor like that if you're really not going to use them? Yeah, if you're going to put him underneath makeup and have yeah. him speak uh, gibberish for a while. Yeah. Apparently the Dark Elves were supposed to be part of Thanos' army in, in game, but they decided to pull them back so that people might not remember who they were. Because <laughs> they were fairly forgettable. Which... I, and, and actually, I think that's the one major, for me at least, that's the one major crime of that particular film. Of, of the dark world is that it's not ter- for me at least it's not terrifically memorable yeah. I really forgot Malekith was the villain thank so you, you I, I'm like <laughs> yeah. sitting here where, and I know I saw it and it's like just talking to you now is like starting to you know kind of tickle the, the neurons to snap and form synapses in the context of this movie and its plot points but I have it, it was just kind of Unmemorable. It, it wasn't it, bad, but it was just I'm none of it. Very little of it stuck to my ribs. So I mean, do about this, it. We uh, saw the Prodigy like three months ago. How much do you all remember about that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> there was a kid in it, right? Yeah. There's that scare from from shock. Um, there's a uh, but on um, on Thor: The Dark World. I, I do like Kat Dennings. I wish we had a little more of her yeah. later on. Yeah. Skellum Skarsgård is always great to watch. Uh, having him come back as Eric again, um, and then. Uh, the fight in Greenwich Village, I think, is, has some pretty clever stuff. Yeah. Uh, the way that the hammers, because they're moving in and out of the portals, and the way the hammers jumping around, I really enjoyed that. Thor on the subway. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a particular moment. And then uh, the the only thing I want to say in regards to Thor: Dark World is, uh, otherwise, is I appreciate going back into it in Endgame. As you know, as Vegas say, no, this is an important movie, guys. Don't forget it. And I do want to see the movie where Cap has to put the ether back into Natalie Portman. Oh yeah, yeah. I would, I come would, here, come here. I would love to see them just like a movie done of Cap putting all the stones back. He shows and meets the Red Skull. What I the know. Fuck yeah. are you doing? I can't really fight in my new form, but fuck you, dude. How do you put the soul stone back? Like, does he? I think it's escape it back. I don't think you can get the person back. You just get the soul back. Hey, Red Skull. I'm sure other people have taken it in the past and somehow returned it to him. Yeah, well, and that's where you wonder, like, are we going to, is that going to become a thing with the Black Widow movie? Yeah. Uh, that's I, th- I think she's I dead, dead, but I'm pretty sure other people have used it in the past, you know, and then somehow it works its way back to the Red Skull, whoever watched it before the Red Skull did. Yeah, I'm this probably one, because there's no way it's only been used once the entire time. My, my, and my theory on it is, you know, the Red Skull, you don't actually have to kill anybody for it. He just like does it to kill time. I lost the fight. If he asked, I would give it to him. You have to sacrifice yourself. 
or someone you love like, to get if, the what stone. What if you show up like alone? Go get no. somebody in the dragon no, here. Somebody you just don't really care about. You're like, uh. Well, I think actually, a stone knows. Yeah. That, if that it actually be, exists. That will be good enough for me. Here is the stone. Or, or, or you look at the person and they're like, oh, I guess you'll have to sacrifice me now. And they're like, uh, actually, no. <laughs> I don't no. love you that much. Uh, but no, I, 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 I don't quite get why it gets the hate it does. I don't. It's by far not the worst movie that's ever been made. It's fine. It's yeah. forgettable, but it's fine. And uh, which brings us into the probably the movie that really kickstarted the remainder of the of the MCU as it is so far. That kind of like really set the tone after Avengers comes uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Yeah. And rewrote everything. Brought in the Russos. Brought in Bucky. I think really just where it Buffy. really kicks everything into the high gear. Fucking wrecked Shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it's really tore down and rebuilt yeah. the universe. Robert Redford is just incredible, and that is the. Smiling, you know that man. I love um, Nick Fury's line in that. That man turned down a Nobel Peace Prize for <laughs> saying he hasn't done everything he wants to do yet. Can I and you wonder <laughs> why I have trust issues? Well, and and bringing Robert Redford. I was going to say the, the, the A list of A list. <laughs> That that go that goes back to how good their casting is. Like yeah. you bring in fucking Robert Redford. Well, and, and, and it's and it, it, yeah. and it, it is also unca- it is, it is also very cleverly cinema centric because here is a guy who was the lead in a ton of politically themed paranoid thrillers from the seventies, including probably the penultimate one, All the President's Men, and to take the actor who is associated with those types of films and that type of role and to basically flip it and spoiler alert make him the not good guy that um, yes that's the one spoiler that you've probably been like now you're like damn you tony i didn't sorry. know oops, oops in this whole podcast that's the spoiler that's gonna make people just i turn love jerry or not jerry but gary shindling is that little sniveling little oh, shit senator yes. oh god yeah yes. <laughs> he's just like come here give me a great big hug I also I enjoy Sam Wilson. Uh, I like his int- the introduction of him as a character. I like the mm-hmm. relationship between him and Cap. I, I like the relationship between him and um, him and Captain America more than I like the Captain America Bucky thing. I I think part of it is that um, once we get Bucky back in the twenty first century. Mm-hmm. We never actually get a whole lot of their relationship. We they That's have a very true. They have very a, true. They have a few moments together. Uh, they have uh, the odd scene here, but they they have almost no time together. Where contemporary Cap, we see him with um, Sam. We or... see him with Sam all the time. And yeah. I actually, though, I dig because one of the things I really like in Civil War is the banter between Sam and Bucky. I enjoy I'm his that boyfriend. and how no, much I'm his they, boyfriend. Yeah. And how, but, but, but I mean how much they like, you know, like you're a dick. Yeah. Like just these moments of I'm doing this because I love Cap and Can I'm you helping you, forward? but yeah. No. No. <laughs> like I like their little snark fest back and forth. Um, and then Cap breaks both of their hearts by kissing his niece. <laughs> and I think some of it is because I sort of ship Cap and Bucky more than I ever shipped Cap and Peggy. And so I feel like then later they bond over the fact that Cap shafted them both to go be with Peggy and so now they're like bro you know we loved him and what's he do he go shacks up with that broad let's uh, now, Cap know. and Peggy is, is my, my Marvel yeah. OTP and I was yeah. so happy for them yeah. <laughs> 
Captain Bucky. I ship that. Um, Captain everyone. He's just a wholesome. He should be with everybody. He should be <laughs> with everybody. He's worthy enough to be with everyone. That's true. There you and go. no one will get mad at the other person. You know? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I love him too. It's okay. <laughs> but I, I really liked Winter Soldier. Um, I, I think it's not a perfect film. I think mm-hmm. one of the problems you start to see with some of, of the Russo's films is that they get really ambitious in their world building. And I think sometimes they try to do too many things in one movie. Well, yeah, especially because, you know, obviously that was less of a problem with Endgame because we had three whole hours to do right. it. But with with the rest, we're trying to keep it down to two, two to two and a half hours. And again, there's a lot of stuffing a lot in. And it, and it's it's to their credit to where you can feel them bulging, but the buttons aren't popping off and the gut's not popping out, right. metaphorically speaking. But I think they do have some of their movies that go... <clears throat> They're trying to do a lot, and sometimes it shows. Yeah, uh, you see the effort involved in trying to do as much. Well, as they, they could be better do. than than uh, than spinning the wheels, like say DC. We keep talking about. Oh no! Uh, no, no but no. so by jumping forward, going like, and that's maybe why I think maybe Thor two and Iron Man three are less well received because between Avengers doing this big step and then Thor three, Thor two and Iron Man two, Iron Man three and Thor two, trying to figure out where they're going to go. And turns out where they're going is where Winter Soldier goes now. So they, that's where they jump, take the right. next step forward. So we have these two transition movies where they don't really know, and then this movie brings in the but really I, starts phase two. I think my criticism stands yeah. that like it's it's not. I'm not saying they are not good movies. I'm just saying that that is something their movies sometimes suffer from. They get very ambitious in what they're doing. I think uh, both of the next Avengers movies. I mean. Age of Ultron, my God! But Infinity War too, like. Well, they, uh, Joss Whedon made. I know, Ultron, but, but yeah. Um, but in terms of the planning involved in, as they're planning, like there was instructions involved in in how they're, you know, these are things that have to happen. Yeah. It's one of Joss Whedon's beefs with making Age of Ultron was that it, he didn't get to do some of the things he wanted to do. Uh, I, I think <coughs> it's it's something that some of the movies start to. Wow, we're fitting a lot into this time, and and sometimes certain aspects suffer as a result. And then, uh, anyone else on uh, Winter Soldier before we move on? Then that brings us to, uh, mm-hmm. as I said earlier, by the biggest risk that that Marvel took, and luckily it landed, taking a bunch of characters that even comic book readers such as myself didn't really know, and just kind of said, "All right, here they are." It was the Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah, which became just a massive hit. And, Instant, instantly iconic characters and people that people didn't know. Yeah, uh, and not about like you know rebuilding characters. Characters they took essentially the name and basic traits and then built entirely new characters from that. Yeah, um, or he's the galaxy go. Well, I think the the marketing for it was really smart. Mm-hmm. They played up the humor. They played up the the fuck are these guys yeah yeah, yeah. They, they played up the misfitness of them and the fact yeah. that nobody really knows who they are and that um these are going to be snarky movies because we all love snark. Yep. Uh, and, and I mean, again, casting. They cast some really great actors. Lee Pace is Ronan. Yeah, yeah. Even, even in their, their villains. Like, Michael Lee Pace is, is absolutely fantastic. Bring oh, well, that's, that's James Gunn yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. James Gunn takes Michael Walker with him yeah. wherever he goes. He, yeah. like, travels um, them as and that's, and Well, and that also gets back to the Hopefully guys behind it. I mean, James, James <laughs> yeah. Gunn... 
James Gunn has a knack for being able to very elegantly juggle humor and character with yeah. with you know action scenarios. And I'm, grotesque. I'm glad they put and him back third yes. movie. Yeah, well, for a lot of reasons, I was kind of worried a few of the actors might walk. <laughs> Batista was ready. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, talking about like bringing in people. You know, like Batista, like turns out he's a comic genius. Oh my <laughs> god, yes. he and is hysterical. And his ability, the literalness, and but the. It's not even fully deadpan, though, because it's just literal. Everything is so literal. It would not yeah. go over my head. I would catch it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too And it's, it's matter of fact. Yeah. It just is. Why did you push your finger across your throat? Yeah. It's yes. for killing people. That's the phrase. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, he's terrific. I mean, and, and, and again, the whole... All, the, the casting is just impeccable. I mean, I... Uh, you know, I... I Chris Pratt is starting to not so much endear yeah. himself, I guess, out, no, outside no, of the scenes. Um, but for what he, he was, stop. yeah, for what he was in that movie, he fits it really super well. There's a lightness of tone to his character, and also, what, what, who doesn't love Rocket Raccoon? Yeah, Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and Bradley Cooper, like his vocal performance as that character. I, you know, I often very opposed to stunt casting in terms of voices of characters in animated films and that and and the like but god that guy that's like one of the best like most effortless most like immersive you know and completely disappearing into a character vocal performance that I've experienced in a, in a movie in a long, long time. He's just... Oh. I don't hear Bradley Cooper and I hear Rocket. Exactly. I hear no, his two exactly. completely different Cabby things. from New York. Who's... Exactly. <laughs> What's funny, he says, before this movie, Rocket in any form of video game or this and that was always had like a, like a Cockney accent. And, yeah, and now he has uh, now he's a Brooklyn accent. Yeah, yeah, he's like yeah. he's like Brooklyn boy. Yeah, I think straight. it's funny though that Vin Diesel was Groot. Yeah, and he filmed... He, he recorded that. every single one of those lines separately. It's not like he did it once and then called it a day. He went through and said each line hey, as he would have. Commitment. And he's, he's awesome, is it? Yeah. Because he actually is saying lines. Yeah. Yeah. And knows what those lines are. Yeah, there's subtext. There's actual, like, yeah. Context. And that, of course, brings in uh, Thanos to a higher degree and start to get an right. Infinity Stone. So we can find out what the Infinity Stones are. So you do have universe building, but in a really cool way. Nishino Toro bringing in A-listers in this case yeah. as well. Uh, and, of course, Glenn Close. Uh, John C. Riley. Uh, so we do uh, Thanos, build why a you wonderful your chair. Tis not my time. <laughs> Infinity War. <laughs> and it was everyone's favorite character, Howard the Duck. Yeah. yeah. Man, I knew so many people who were pissed at that uh, that post credit scene. <laughs> He's I, like, that was supposed to be Warlock. God damn it. No, that's it. Guardians Two is for kind of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that was just a, a, a huge risk, and they took it, and it. Paid off and get paid off, yeah, and allowed everything to go for them. Uh, Guardians was followed up with Age of Ultron, which is also people also dislike a lot, but I, I enjoy. I mean, it's okay. Not as much as the I, other it's ones. The, it's one of the weakest of the. Yeah. Of the yeah. it is, but it's still I, a good movie. I don't. Is it though? Yeah, is it, is it, it feels. Is it? Yeah, I'm gonna. I, I'm like not to dogpile yeah. on you, Bob, but I just really. It's the characters feel underbaked. It feels very rushed. It feels very. Um, kind of hollow and special effectsy to me it kind of for me I think it just kind of squanders the characters I and mean, I, I'm gonna hate him for what he has Black Widow do and say in that movie like oh yeah, this, I like I again I hate that I play the vagina card but like it, it's it's it gross trans, it transcends gross. genitalia it's I will tell gross. you this because I agree yeah no I really 
Why the, the, the thing with him and Hulk, her, yeah, her and Hulk does not work. No, but it's not even that. But like, I'm a monster because I can't have children. Yeah. Fuck you. What Fuck a you weird for, thing for having her say yeah. that. That is that was that was offensive on a lot of levels and and just dumb and also not accurate to her character at all. Not I don't at think. all. No. I, I like Scarlet Witch. I'm glad we get Scarlet Witch. There's stuff in it I like, but there's a lot of things in it that just bug me and it's bloated it doesn't know what it See, wants to do see that's the thing yeah, it's it one of the i mean and it's a testament to how how like completely effective Endgame is that the three hours zip by oh yeah i was count i was starting to count the minutes about two-thirds of the way through ultron yeah. i was like i'm and at that point i realized okay i'm sitting through this out of an obligation to all these characters that i like and to uh, and as one more step in the pathway to this ultimate story that they're building to, that's why I'm here. You know, I, I'm, I, this is like the equivalent of a root canal to me. <laughs> this is my mar- my MCU root canal, getting <laughs> through this movie to get to the other stuff. Yeah. Hulkbuster versus Hulk was pretty cool, though. And I liked uh, James Spader as Ultron. Okay. Oh yeah, I think I think James Spader's yeah. uh, both his vocal work and his physical work because yeah. he does do the. Yeah. You can tell because he does the James Spader <laughs> head tilts. Yeah. And the way he stands is it. James Spader likes to put his chin up and he likes to tilt his head. One of my favorite videos online <laughs> is someone uh, took all Ultron scenes and voiced over Spader as Robert California on The Office. <laughs> and I can't look at Ultron and not hear those instead. Oh, I gotta look that up. That sounds amazing. I don't even know uh, my real name. I'm the fucking Lizard King. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get, Oreos have them. <laughs> you get Paul Bettany is uh, finally being able to... I mean, he'd been voicing Jarvis yeah. since the beginning. Mm-hmm. And, and now he's a character. He's yeah. Vision. And, and they made and Vision I, way too fucking powerful. Yeah, I mean, I, they they I'm not a big fan of Vision yeah. as a character. Yeah, and, but I, yeah. I like Paul Bettany. As a, yeah. yeah. And, as he was a, and again, getting back to the casting, he was a terrific choice um, yeah. to play the Vision. And Andy Serkis is... Uh, oh, yes. It's a claw. Like, there's kind of... I th- so, I'd say... Ultron's um, movie that ultimately maybe fails the whole, but I thought it was a lot of smaller bits that some... It's lesser than some of his parts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, again, there, there's things about Ultron I like. I just... There's some stuff in it that... that bug me and it's a bloated it, it's a bloated movie it's one that when i i find it on tv and try to rewatch it it's not mcu baby I, what are we what are we, what are we She's just like talk about deadpool and like he's not mcu he's not, you don't like marvel. deadpool he's but you're marvel, coming but, we're, we're, yeah. about but we talked about marvel a bit yeah marvel <laughs> talk about deadpool why don't you talk about that but deadpool's so, always around somewhere that's in kim's apartment yes because kim <laughs> loves deadpool, deadpool. Was he snapped? I don't know. I hope, to know. But I also hope the Hulk didn't snap him back. <laughs> this is where we're always going to disagree, Cody. Yeah. Always. Not the dog pile on Cody, but I like that cool too. Um, should we um, right, you're, you're all to, perfectly okay to Ant-Man, which is a movie I also enjoy the hell out of. Oh, I love oh, like Ant-Man. Yeah. Is, and again, a classic example of just like doing your own distinctive thing for this distinctive character, you know? He's not a he's not a dark, conflicted, you know, um, uh, you know, uh, neurotic, you know, character dressed in black and moping in the rain. He's a he's a fucking you know he's like a light and breezy guy in a light and breezy storyline, and it just works beautifully. With, and he's, clever. He's not the smartest. Yeah. He's not the Thank best. You. He's just. 
Carolyn? Good question. What does MCU stand for? Marvel Cinematic Universe. Marvel Cinematic Universe. Sorry, too much wine. Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I love the sequences where they have the stories happening. Michael Pena is an amazing. Oh my god. He is a treasure. And I want him to show up in more Marvel movies just to have interactions with people. Because I love the way he just starts going off in his stories. Yeah, I love the where it's Ant Man too, but like his uh, it's where Scott at is the emotional thing that was yes. that emotional. <laughs> but like I want to see like Michael Pena like talk about all these movies, but also like, I love the fact that in those stories, like he talks about it, one of my favorite things when it comes to humor is when a character or something like you can see tough guys, you know guys who you know guys who have like long jail sentences, like, like doing like, went to his wine tastings with his, with his cousins, you know like and there's weird humor in there. I like that, and of course that's very Edgar Wrighty. Um, and Edgar Wright's original script, I think, was probably solved with him and Joe Cornish. But I love the fact that Edgar Wright's like, yeah, just do what you need to do. I understand why I left. Pete and Reed, do what you need to do. I'm no animosity. But yeah, so for those who forgot at some point, Edgar Wright. And Joe Cornish was skipping. Edgar Wright was working on me for like 10 years before it kind of got folded into the MCU and they had disagreements of where they were going with the character. So he left uh, and then Peyton Reed from um, Down With Love came in, uh, odd pick, and finished the movie. But he didn't, but I think Edgar Wright only, like, only, Edgar Wright only like, filmed like a week or two before he got fired or left or what have you. Mm-hmm. It's an entertaining movie. It's a lot of fun. And bring it ends up bringing A-listers. You got Michael Douglas coming in. Oh, yeah. Evangeline Lilly's more not really A-list, but she's great. Yeah, uh, she's generally. fine. She's yeah. fine. I mean, again, it's another one where you're like, they don't do a whole lot with her, yeah. and so yeah. But luckily, you get more of her second time around. You do, but still not. Yeah. She's not a memorable character. Th- that I will definitely. Yeah, in either movie, that, yeah. she's not memorable. Like, yeah. you could put almost any actress in that part and she'd be fine because it's it's not written to be uh, the, again the, yeah. the the women are not written in those movies to be the to be more than to be yeah, more yeah. than what they are because michelle pfeiffer gets like five minutes in the second. Yeah. yeah and again and you go fucking michelle game. pfeiffer thank you thank you and you're you're i know i harp on this a lot i'm just if you're gonna bring in these talents, and and you bring in these talents with your male actors, and you don't seem to have a problem fleshing out these smaller parts mm. with these male actors, why can't you do that with your female actors? Yeah. Maybe have some fucking women in the writers' room. Anyway, sorry, sorry. I just it. It's 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 frustrating. It's frustrating. Um, yeah. yeah the only ones, the only, the only movies on here with uh, with uh, female writers, women writers are um, uh, Nicole Nicole Perlman writing Guardians of the Galaxy with James Gunn, and because I don't think she came back for the second one. No, but and you know what you have in Guardians of the Galaxy? Some more fleshed out female characters. Funny how that works. And then uh, <laughs> just saying. And then Captain Marvel. So you yeah, get, you get two. Yeah, thank you, thank you, MCU. I love it. It's. It's hard because I love I love the Marvel movies, but they also upset me. Um, and so it's it's like I love you. Why do you hurt me so? Kim, you already had Electra. Anything after that is just just Great. asking for too much. And Fuck then, you, Cody. And one thing I say on on Ant Man and both its sequel is I think of a lot of clever use of of his concepts of, of size and, and oh, yeah. especially in the second movie they yeah. built that more. Uh, then. 
Ant-Man finished Phase 2, and we moved into Phase 3 with Captain America's Civil War. Mm-hmm. Uh, often cited by many people as their favorite yeah, I for love various Civil reasons. War. Yes, it's um, rock solid. Yeah. And with, the fight scene. I yeah. mean, yeah. it's fun, it's silly, it, until, you know, Rhodey broke his back. Yeah. But up until then! <laughs> and what I think really works with the, with the fight scene there is every character, each of the characters do interact in some way, and they all use their power sets yeah. in a good way. They're not just generic at that point that the the Russos and then the writers Christian Marcus and Stephen McFeely I think they all made because they, they said that everyone's there for their favorite character mm-hmm. you know, their favorite character gets pushed to the sidelines <coughs> doesn't get to their thing they're going to fill it down so everyone had their moments but I think that you know, the way that Spider-Man interacts with uh, the Falcon and how their power sets meet. Yeah, that whole really little movie. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I gotta ask, uh, are, who here is Team Cap and who here was Team uh, Iron Cap. Man? We have Team Cap? Team Cap. Team Cap? Team Cap. Team Cap. Oh, Team Cap. Yeah. Other Wait, than, were you Cap or Iron Man? Sorry. I was Team Cap, yeah. yeah I, 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 although, uh, I um, have a little bit more sympathy for where Tony was coming from. Mm. I just think it was poorly. But you get the but you had to have sympathy for where he came from because you can. Uh, one thing I think about the great about the writing and what made the movie work is both. You can see both sides. You well, can't see. Both sides. It wasn't yeah. a it wasn't a direct yeah. like all oh, Tony's wrong. Yeah, Tony no. definitely is kind of the more the villainy side. That's how he's presented in the movie too. Yeah, we're supposed to follow. I think we're supposed to follow Cat Morgan else. But you can see where Tony's coming from. And you don't you don't say he's wrong. He's maybe this misguided. It's, it's some of that like someone being right for the wrong reasons and someone being wrong for the right reasons yeah. kind of situation. Yeah. Like, and you can see where Cap can be wrong too in, in Tony's yeah. eyes. One and and I think as soon as Tony's parents get brought into it, that of course he's going to have an emotional response. Mm-hmm. That's a natural to find out that the Winter Soldier, uh, aware or not was responsible for the death of his parents, he is going to have an emotional response and lash out. Ladies and gentlemen, crumbs of Samoas are now all over the entire place. It's cool. Um, we'll edit it out in post. <laughs> but, or not. Uh, or not, because that was awesome. That's how much I take, how too recently I take this. Um, That's the Riesling talking system. What? Exactly, it's not. That's what just what if I want them to 100% cover? 100% Because they're going to do that what if animated series. Yeah. I feel like there's a good what if of, uh, you know, what if Captain America killed Iron Man <laughs> and vice versa during that final fight? Because they were getting pretty into it. Yeah. They were. It was well, personal, and but that, also... The, the shield of the heart, when, yeah, that was the one I was so like, shit, like, man. You know, I think that's just got real. I mean, of uh-huh. course, Thanos probably wins in that timeline, too. <laughs> but just, I just want to take one side note, and it, 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 it does tie into Marvel... How frustrating would Doctor Strange have been knowing that there's one fucking future and you have to rely on the goddamn rat activating the quantum <laughs> realm thing and then you can't tell Tony because what if he what if he hesitates? Yeah. Well, and, yeah, he couldn't tell Tony until that one moment because yeah. any time he told him before, he would try and not sacrifice himself. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, so it's the only point where Tony has to sacrifice himself. Well, but I do sometimes wonder too because Tony was there for that conversation that like there's only one thing. And Strange voluntarily gave up the stone. He gives up the stone at that one point. Yeah. There had to be that little part of Tony that's like, wait. <laughs> could this all be right part <laughs> of this plan? 
Because otherwise, why would he have? Well, he saved Iron's life there, not Ironman save his life later. It, exactly, because there, because there's, there would have been like, if Thanos has that stone, it doesn't matter. You're dead, probably. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you do have to have that moment of like, I wonder if Tony ever thought of that, or if anyone would have thought of that, or if they'd just be like, "Fuck me, I'm still alive," because shit. Yeah. But that's what I appreciate about that. Like, I have to literally wait to like the last point to say this is that one thing yeah. you know you have to do. Yeah, it's nice to Tony to build the nano of with be able to seal the the, yeah. the throwing well, stones back he's out. Of if I push this button, I can take his stones to. back over to me. If I get really close to it. That's a, I was every time I've seen that scene, I'm trying to see if I can see his fingers. I know I've been I've been watching the second time. I was back. watching, and you do see his hand go over. Yeah, yeah, and he probably <laughs> has something on the suit. Yeah, to, to steal him back. A, 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 a third gauntlet kind of thing. Yeah, um, but no, I I love, and I mean I love the the partially the introduction of Spider Man. Of course, is, yeah. is one yeah. of my favorite parts. Um, and and their interactions and and yeah. My only issue with the introduction of Spider Man is not actually the movie itself. Is I wish it wasn't in the advertisements. Mm. It, it was it was a surprise. Like wait, I know a guy. Yeah. And it cuts to Queens. I probably would have melted in my seat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that's true. Knowing it was coming kind of took some of the sting out of it. But like, yeah, sting in Spider's hat. But a bump. But. Yes, and it's funny, like, I saw people complaining after <laughs> Civil War being like, it's like, Civil War, you, you expect it, and you see, like, this, the scene from the comics with, like, the, uh, the hundreds of characters coming at each other. Scene from the movie, it's like them on, you know, on tarmac is coming at each other. It's like, now Endgame came out, I was like, fucker's happy. Yeah. <laughs> you, get, you get there that you shot in Endgame. Because, <laughs> I mean, Civil War is the Avengers movie, there wasn't an Avengers movie. Yeah, yeah. it was Avengers 2.5. Yeah. Completely. But it's also, like, building on everything else, you know. Yeah. Just, Building to that point, we need to get to that before we get to Endgame. Um, Doctor Strange uh, oh, yeah. from Scott Derrickson uh, made uh, Sinister before that and Thor's uh, mm-hmm. Evil, American Haunting, I think. Uh, American you have a perfect right. chance to type a ghoul into this whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> but it does bring in some weird I would like to shit. imagine that every movie... Is somehow tied into something else. Oh, Bagul. Uh, I was like, I I was like, no, I was like, no, we need Bagul. to have Bagul in. I think if he's just in some little corner of it, that'd be delightful. And it turns out, fuck. <laughs> and it turns out that the ending is just uh, Morgan Stark killing Tony and uh, <laughs> Tony and Pepper, and that's the real end of Endgame. <laughs> oh man. I the entire enjoyed. thing happens in, in, in Mirror Universe. Whenever oh my happens. god, that's, sorry, that, that's, that's their Halloween what if. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome, Marvel. <laughs> Just a li- slip us a little bit of a royalty check. <laughs> um, I Yeah, I'm a big fan of Doctor Strange. I just really yeah. enjoy it. I, it's Great the, cast. Yeah, the mm-hmm. cast is top flight. I, I heartily, heartily enjoy the, um, the dark fantasy horror elements in it. Um, I like the reality bending that happens in it, and I yeah. just think that, that sequence is a quarter of the way through when she knocks him out. And he's like, yeah. "Fuck!" Oh, yeah. Yes, <laughs> exactly. But now, what about casting Tilda Swinton? It was a damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, no, and hiring yeah. Tilda is probably your best option. Yeah. You, whatever option you ever have, hiring Tilda is the best option. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Playing an old man, playing a, a, a woman, playing a... I don't know, man. What if Danny DeVito was there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been great. And he shows up in his tidy whitey. He's like, let me teach you magic, Dr. Strange. <laughs> I'm going to teach you magic, Dr. Strange. <laughs> Let's get the rum ham first. <laughs> You must read the troll toll before I teach you the magical. <laughs> oh yeah, beautiful. But yeah, I and uh, 
Um, again, sublime casting. You know, you have an Oscar-winning actor playing Doctor Strange. He's physically like very spot on with the character in the comics. Uh, he has just the right amount of gravitas and elan that the character, I think, actually the character, as played by Cumberbatch and as written by Derrickson and I think whoever C. Carbert Cargill. Yeah, or thank you, Master um, Wim, if you Is uh, it, actually the the character has more elan than he does in the comics. He's actually improved upon from the comics. You know, character. I agree on that point because Doctor Strange was something I was kind of worried about them trying to bring into the universe because yeah. he's he's a he's a gravitas character. Yeah. Like if Doctor Strange shows up in the comics, you know something fucking cool or serious is going down like like in the original Civil War, he doesn't participate because he's you know, they're talking about like with one spell he could influence something yeah. like that. So, you know, he's a and at the, I think there's one where he joins the New Avengers and they're in the Sanctum Sanctorum and that shit is just like I think it's at the end of one of their events and it's just like it, it's a big moment. Doctor yeah. Strange shows up at big moments. Yeah, and I and and that's uh, the but the great thing is again there's a balance there. The character's not too flippant. The character's not too gravitas heavy. Yeah. Um, and that's the they which gee is arguably a lot closer to a real human being. Arguably, than the uh, comic version of the character. I say, like this version of him is a giant dick, and you you get to like he's gonna walk walk uphill for you for us to love him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, when by the end, if he is still a dick, but he's still more endearing than he was at the beginning. I mean, yeah. he's, a, he's a dick in Infinity War yeah. too. He's like, don't touch my base. <laughs> <laughs> and another theory, I, I saw this theory online there that there's a lot of uh, universes in which they beat Thanos. But he wanted the one where Iron Man died too. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck with my base, and we'll see. My are you ready to bring in like uh, Matt Mickelson playing the villain? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. The That's villain rough. himself, like I think the actual villain himself is underwritten, but Matt plays but him so well. He plays him so well, yep. and it's an origin story. So like the the villain isn't the important part yeah, there. Yeah. The villain is the reflection of of, of the hero in different yeah. form. And I liked Dormammu in it too. Yeah, and yeah. you're bringing in. Dormal, like finally realized that, that ripple drawing is actually literal ripples. Yeah, <laughs> uh, makes you wonder about the Green Goblin's hair. <laughs> come to bargain, Dad. I come to bargain, Dad. But that's also like an interesting way to, to end it. Like in that year, in 2016, that Moana and uh, Kubo and Two Strings ended with the villain talking it out with the hero in a way, uh, yeah. without punching them in the face a bunch of time. Well, yeah. in this case, he does get punched in the face. Well, I mean, dies. 2016, I feel like should have ended the opposite way. <laughs> yeah. With and then, the villain getting just beaten to a fucking pulp. Unfortunately, we elected the villain. Yeah, we did. <laughs> well, we did strange! It How could you? <laughs> Why uh, do we have this, this timeline? This is the well, fucking timeline where we beat Thanos. I kind of want the timeline well, where we no, In the MCU, William Sather's the the, the, the president. So. That's right. That's right. He's still in Iron Man 3. I don't know if he still is, but... Well, he was in Iron Man 3, but I don't think he is anymore. I, I like to imagine... He was in the, the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. he showed up in episode. I like to imagine that Donald Trump got snapped, and then Hulk's like, you know what... Everyone but him. <laughs> Everyone but him. And hand pants. So we got President Pelosi in that universe. <laughs> Better. Uh, so I remember Red Dog Change coming out. It's like working at the theater at the time at the IMAX. People were getting very sick. <laughs> Clean up more vomit in that movie than any other movie. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Lots of returns. People like, the... I can't handle... Because, like, the, the kaleidoscope imagery. And, oh, Especially the beginning, like, when they're chasing, when doing the chase, if he steals the book. Was it, was it in 3D? Yeah. Yes. Oh, oh, I didn't God, see yes. it three. That's why. <laughs> and I, I, remember, I remember one lady yelled at me for several minutes because it opens with the beheading. She's like, "It's PG thirteen. Shouldn't have a beheading." And I took my kid, not spec. I was like, mm, 
Oh, did, did you see Indiana Jones and Temple yeah. of Doom? Was like, the did you watch any of these scene? other movies? <laughs> well, it does as more. I guess that did you watch direct TV violence much? Yeah, um, PG thirteen. Like, yeah. how old was the kid? She was stupid enough. She probably <laughs> okay, well, if, yeah. kids. we were laughed about it after she left. Like that kid is definitely old enough to watch Doctor Strange. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, the whole stuff of going in and out of the bodies is, was pretty was yeah. pretty cool. That sequence. And then Rachel Adams. Yeah. Wouldn't um, Deadpool have that problem too, or they thought it was a yeah kids? But that was straight straight on. On. fucking kids. But also, I'm sorry, Rachel McAdams. She's in that yeah. movie. Yeah, she's not noticeable. Yeah. She's in that movie? Yeah. I, I she's find the her. love interest, right? Yeah. yeah, she's in that movie? I've heard oh. her solidly unmemorable. <laughs> yeah. Well, I find... I mean, again, but it's not... Rachel McAdams is, I think, a fine actress, but you could have put any Anyone, yeah. actress in... Why bother getting these... A-list A-list actresses for these parts? Like, Why? Especially since Doctor Strange's true love is Wong, and we all know it. Yeah. <laughs> and Benedict Wong stole that movie. Oh, so, yes. yeah. Yes. Wong yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. And so that brings up to Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which I'm, also I gets by people or Anna. I enjoyed this. You know what Guardians of the Galaxy 2 reminds me of? It reminds me of a middling Star Trek episode from the original series, where you have followed these characters, you love these characters, you're engaged in them, and they're put into kind of a perfunctory sort of episode, you know? It's yeah. like you know Spock's brain on the original series, which is like a shit episode of Star Trek, but it's got Kirk and Spock and McCoy. Look, it kind of reminded me of the second Star Trek mm. movie, of the reboot, like... Uh, it's it has its moments. There's yeah. some fun stuff, but eh. it doesn't really have a lot to bring. It's more about I think that one thing for Guardians too. It's Russell. more about Kurt Russell's about yeah. maybe bringing the characters a little forward without yeah. a lot of plot to do yeah. so. Yeah, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was happy watching Kurt Russell for a while, yeah. just and the and some of the like the David Hasselhoff, some of those yeah. moments that yeah. were just. Fun. I mean, yeah, anytime you're Kurt Russell, there's going to be Yeah, good oh, time it's going to be a good had. time. Good soundtrack. And yeah. yeah. It, it checks the boxes. It just... Eh. It's, it's well, a little It also, I think, it suffers a little bit from uh, the element of surprise not being there that was present for the first one. Yeah. I mean, the first one was such a breath of fresh air. And like you said earlier, you know, it it, it was a situation where you had these, this set of obscure third-tier Marvel Comics characters that just became so totally endearing and that they just really went to town with and did something massively special with. And then there's the second movie. Yeah, it has sequels that's trying to re- redo the first one in, in many ways. Yeah. Well, and, and there's a lot of movies in the MCU I don't get tired of rewatching. I don't think I've rewatched that just because I haven't felt... Compelled. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we rewatched it before in game. We were kind of like just kind of zoning in, zoning out. Yeah. That's the one that we were like on our tablets for. You yeah, know? yeah. Rather well, it's, it's also it. it's very monochromatic in terms of its its uh, its plot structure. That's why it makes me think of like an hour long you know episode of a TV series where you love the characters that are the regulars, um, and there was a really cool guest star in the middle of it. Kurt, just, motherfucking Russell. Thank you, but not not much else happens. And Sly Stallone. And, and well, and I do like the I do like. Um, what's her butt? Um, oh, Pong. Yes, Mantis. Yeah, and I like her interactions. Uh, yes, she's, it's the characters. She's it's the characters more than the plot. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, like stuff like that. That was fun. That was those were delightful little surprises. And her and Drax interactions. Oh are my amazing. god, they're priceless. Yeah. Yes. Um, this brings us to Spider-Man: Homecoming, which we talked yeah. about for yeah. decent degree earlier, which yeah. I think yeah. is great. It's but awesome. still, yeah, uh, Tom it's, Holland is. 
gets it. Yeah. He's so per- you know one of the things that really an- one of the many things that really annoyed me about the previous set of attempted rebooted Spider-Man movies was that I thought Andrew Garfield was too too cool mm-hmm. for school. Yeah. Oh yeah, I yeah, he was said, a douchey Spider-Man. It was like you know what? No, Peter Parker is not. He's a that dork. Cool. And if you and if he comes and if he comes on like too cool for school in the first place, where does that character go? Where does that character develop? Do you watch him grow as a character? You don't generally watch douchebags grow in, as characters. Yeah, Whereas he's even more of a when you have too. <laughs> uh, when you have Tom Holland, you know he is very organically and naturally starting out as an awkward kid, yeah. and he feels right. In and that role, because he part. also too when he for he was a still a teenager when he did his Civil yeah. War. He mm. was seventeen or eighteen, I think. Yep. When he, uh, I do love the story from I think it was from when they were they were auditioning for Civil War, and uh, he he's there auditioning with like Chris Evans, and he said, you know, my character's supposed to flip into the scene. Do you want me to do that? And Chris <laughs> Evans just like, yes, yeah, sure, kid. And boom, he just does a flip, and it was kind of like like that. <laughs> uh, and but that's it's again that's the fact that he can do that. You have an actor who has the acrobatics that Spider Man's supposed to have. Yep. It shows on screen. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's also part of what really makes uh, makes it work is that he is a mover. He is a dancer. He is capable the of Rihanna doing. Thing he did with the oh my oh god. god! If you've not seen that, you need to stop the podcast and go li- watch it because it is out of this world amazing. Um, we'll, we'll wait. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. But anyway, yes, yeah, Spider Man Homecoming. <laughs> it, watch it, please. It's delightful. The um, and then it brings us to my personal favorite. Thor Ragnarok. Which I love Ragnarok. <laughs> Ragnarok is awesome. Jeff Goldblum. Ghost. Valkyrie. He's off Ghost into the Valkyrie. Valkyrie. Jeff fucking Goldblum. Jeff fucking Goldblum. <laughs> uh, go back to uh to Ass Place. Ass Place. Yeah. That's what I was <laughs> <laughs> well, Again, let's uh, let, let's exploit uh, like the, what makes an actor appealing and like totally integrate that into the character that they're playing. That's <laughs> you just you showed know. up on set as oh, the yeah. Master. Uh, I hear I hear you did a movie. <laughs> well, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, he doesn't he doesn't have to do anything anymore. He just needs to be Jeff Goldblum. And, yeah, exactly. And he exists in awesomeness. Yes. And it works no matter what he does. It just works. Yep. Yeah. You know the, the the you know '80s style, uh, you know. Conan shot, yeah. you know, yeah. like uh, take a BD brings in so much joy and fun to oh, it. Yeah. I know he's, I know he didn't write the script. It was uh, Eric Pierce and <coughs> Kyle and uh, Christopher Yost, but I'm sure like his humor is his all, is all of it. yeah. There's yeah. So they, much they, uh, I would say like they wrote like probably the outline. And he wrote the rest, like because like what and, we do in the shadows, Korg. yeah, yeah. Uh, what we do in the shadows and Hunt for the Wilder People are two of my favorite movies, well, like ever. But particularly the last couple of years, and then uh, <laughs> Tilly's giving us a weird look. Tilly's being Tilly's being cute. Um, but yeah, like it's just, it's humor. Uh, yeah, a lot of people say it's too humor, but fuck it, it works. It's it it's, works. it's a road movie uh, in a different way. It's well, also and this gets back to another thing. In addition to great casting, the Marvel team has done a really good job of hiring directors who seem to understand the characters and add their own distinctive signature to them. I mean, there's, you know, Thor Ragnarok is arguably as entertaining as it is because, I think, because Taika Waititi is in the director's chair. Oh, yeah. Because I also feel like it, the the sort of seriousness that sits in the first two Thor movies, um, this is 
like pulpy. It's just yeah. fun. It's always yeah. satirizing and, the genre. Yeah, and, and you think, and the thing is, you'd think it wouldn't work, but it does. Yeah, it works better than the previous two movies. I like, would agree. Oh, absolutely. And it it literally kills parts of the. Fr- I mean, like it kills off huge portions of the first. R.I.P. The Warriors Three. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, and, and Asgard and Mjolnir. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I love the beginning with opening like. Uh, like talking about where Thor went after uh, Ultron's like yeah I was going on a quest but that didn't go anywhere so here we are yeah <laughs> it's like yeah I'm gonna just say, reference the plot point of, of, of something uh, Ultron is like just throw it right out the window <laughs> when he talks to Clancy fucking Brown as Sotir well and, and I, I will say it's another one where you know you've got a great actress playing your main villain Ooh, Kate Blanchett Kate Blanchett um, but she's a fairly again fairly two dimensional villain but a two-dimensional Kate uh, Blanchett is still, you know... Kate Four dimensions of it, normal it, worlds. Exactly. But I loved some of the... Like, when her going through the all of Odin's treasures and... <laughs> fake. And, yeah, fake. <laughs> oh, this, this is, this is that. Like, uh, oh. And she's just chewing on that scenery and loving it. It's something she doesn't get life. to do a lot, so it's really fun to have her just kind of go nuts. Let loose. Uh, and Valkyrie. Yeah, Carl Urban. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Valkyrie's the best. Valkyrie, like, thank you for, again, giving us a female character who's awesome and flawed and has depth and pain and drinks too much. Yeah, <laughs> she drinks too much. Maybe I see myself in her. There you go. Um... But it, it just, yeah, it's it's such a fun, fun movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was, yeah. How do you have wrapped butterscotch like an 80-year-old woman? Uh, I, I, <laughs> I swing back and forth between a 12-year-old boy and an 80-year-old woman. <laughs> and then um, up her personality, not who she has here. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that disclaimer. <laughs> the, um, and then, but uh, yeah, this, it's, it's the 80s tinged fun of it is, I think, it really hit a lot of people in the right place. Hit me yeah. in the right yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, should I say that? Yeah, World War Hulk bringing Hulk in and yes. is an interesting character. Well, and uh, one of the great, one of the best one-liners that I saw in a trailer. I used to work with him. <laughs> that was that He's was. He's a beautiful. friend from work. Thank you, thank you. And then of course, Cord can't go. Around. I'm not to be the comic guy, but it's actually Planet Hulk, not yeah. World War sorry. Hulk. Sorry, it's been a long time since I read it. Um, but uh, but say, um, but yeah, it's. <laughs> Uh, Watiti as, as Korg, yeah. top top flight stuff. Yep. Dude, I'm so glad. Korg so you didn't rode your, uh, so you rode that the hammer into battle. Sounds like you had a pretty close relationship with your hammer. <laughs> your hammer <laughs> pulled you off. And when, they, and when they come back in Endgame. Yep. Yes. And then when, when, when uh, Thor, Thor, can you can you can you help me? Listen here, you little shit. <laughs> I want him to have a conversation with um, Ant Man friends. Um, <laughs> Um, what's Pena? The, yeah, but what's the Michael character's Pena? name? Oh, yeah, Lewis. Lewis, yeah. Uh, because I feel like it would be delightful. <laughs> yeah, and I liked... Uh, so I didn't realize... Korg actually is in the final battle of Endgame, because like, he has a couple quick shots. Oh, he comes yeah, out, yeah, I do remember that. Uh, he comes out with the rest of those Guardians, but he's way off on the side, and Meek's next to him. And then there's a couple points where you can see them fighting in the background. But first, I was disappointed, like, where the fuck's Korg in the final battle? <laughs> But he's there. I stepped on Meek. I think he's dead. <laughs> oh, no, he's alive. <laughs> uh, and then falls up with uh, Black Panther. Uh, yes. Which Black massive, Panther. massive hit. Yeah. That yes. hit everyone in the right place as well. Uh, yeah. And just a, I mean, 
toss the fact that it's a quote-unquote comic book movie out the window. It is a great film. Mm. It's just a great film. Yeah, it's, it's looked, the, the Afrocentric looked everything. Oh, yeah, future God, the Afro, design, yeah. the design of it is The design just and the stunning. direction, uh, the whole, uh, the whole uh, action-slash-fight scene that happens in, is it Hong Kong? Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. No, it's in uh, Busan. Thank you. So remember, right. making jokes with the wife yeah. about train to Busan. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, right, right, right. Just terrific. It's like, it, it's like just impeccably choreographed, beautifully shot, uh, exhilarating. You're you're invested in the characters that are involved in it. I mean, it's everything that you want in it, like a great action scene in it. In and a the a absolutely sympathetic uh, villain. Yeah. I mean, Killmonger. Yes. Yeah, Killmonger is like ju- you could argue too. I mean, it's it's as much his movie. Yeah. Um, and and really, really such a fleshed out story. Totally. And sad, like you. Uh, well, it's great. It's grand, almost Shakespearean tragedy, really. Yeah. When you when when it's hauled out, I mean, it's it's Shakespearean tra- tragedy done comic book style. It's mm-hmm. yeah, and that character is just, um, yeah. There's there, that movie does. Like so much right, and it feels again so distinctive from the rest of the MCU, but yet still a, a cohesive part of it. And mm-hmm. I just, you know, and also just, I mean, everything in it just feels so carefully crafted, yet so effortless. Um, I I love that the characters, uh, you know, I I love that the female characters are strong, fleshed out female characters, not written in all caps. They just are. You they're know? just they're characters. Exactly. They're just they're characters. They're not so good. So good. Uh, it's 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 not the neon light of look. There's a girl in it. It's like they're, they're just well drawn characters. All the characters yeah. are well drawn characters. Even I mean like Mbaku, who's yeah. I my God, I adore him, and 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 he's he's in it, but he's not one of the huge parts. And I'm happy but he, how they handled him because in the comics, his fucking yeah. name is Man Ape. Oh yeah. So they handled him in a way where they honored where he came from, and that you know he challenged just to tell for yeah. leadership, but they didn't call him fucking man ape, yeah. and they gave him some dignity, which I appreciate. And he's a vegetarian. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I love this interaction with uh with Martin Martin Freeman there. Oh, you are not allowed to speak here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll feed you to her. We'll feed you to whatever's like cats yeah. getting rich. Well, and one of the one of the things that's interesting, there was a I, there were some people who were griping about the CGI and about the special effects and about the look of the movie, which I totally take umbrage with because I I like the fact that it had kind of a like all of the scenes in Wakanda had a fairy tale quality to them. This movie and and when you have um, again you're kind of doing uh, some of this Shakespearean tragedy writ large against this kind of fairy tale backdrop. It's just. There's just something wonderfully textural and and magical about it, and I'm I, I don't need everything to be photorealistic. Well, and and their society isn't. Thank you. Uh, you know they they have space rocks in their in their <laughs> earth, like uh, yeah, things glow. <laughs> yes, I was wondering like the with that movie is like about how they get an entire population not to spill the beans. Yes. Ever. yes. It's like you get one 15-year-old gets bored on, on Instagram, it's like, check us out. Yeah, it's like, Snapchat! <laughs> it's like, man, for such a free country, they probably have like complete control of the internet like China does. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Very censored, I guess. Maybe it's what, what goes out. Everything come in. This can't yeah. send everything out. But yeah, terrific. And it's... It's funny, I didn't see it. I saw it in theaters, and I didn't revisit it again until uh, before Endgame. And it's really sad it didn't. But it's, it's, we tried to watch it again before 
everything else and just towards the end so we can just get so this time we did the rewatch for Endgame we started at um, the first Avengers movie that way we didn't get burned out mm-hmm. um, but uh, shit but I was glad that one like really just crossed the board every, all of these had massive hits but that one really struck with so much it, more of the population. Well, it hit a it hit a chord because again, gave, as we have said more yeah, than once, gave diversity, yeah, gave representation, matters, representation, yeah. Yeah. representation matters. And it really sucks. There's a portion of the population that tried trash it on IMDb and Rotten Tomatoes. And Fuck them! It's like, no, we don't because that they. <laughs> That's how idiocracy happens. Uh, Thank you. I feel like in this, like the fact that we're still hashing this out at this day and age is just gross yeah like uh and then that falls up with the the big game of infinity war uh i love infinity war for one particular yeah i know why you love it you asshole (laughs) (laughs) mr stock i don't feel so (laughs) fuck you cody fuck you um and i i enjoyed infinity war but they did not i feel like Endgame was a much better paced movie. Mm. I, I well, and what it felt like to me with Infinity War is it felt like they were still setting up yeah. for the big one. Yeah, the big one, the best one. They there, there's definitely a sense of that sort of um, the, that that sort of uh, there are great things in it, but there's also a lot of we need to do this, we need to move forward yeah. on this and this, we need to end at this point so that when we pick back up with Endgame, we're at where we need to be. Blah, blah, blah. Well, I felt yeah. Endgame's time, or I mean, I felt well, Infinity War's time, yeah, and too. I didn't feel Endgame's well, time. Amen. Infinity War had to do the the heavy lifting of bringing in all these different strings and tying yeah, into and, one uh, big right. knot. Yeah, and and in its defense, it does that very capably, oh, yeah. and it's overall a much better movie, I think, than uh, than Age of Ultron. You know, oh I was, yeah, I was reading that originally at the end of Endgame, they were just going to, or not Endgame, but uh, Infinity War, it was just going to end with a snap. Yeah, that's what I thought it would be. And you knew and you weren't going to see the aftermath, and I'm like, how would I have tormented Kim without that? <laughs> I honestly thought I was going to end with that and having you made like no credits. It just stops. <laughs> it's like the credit, the lights come up. That's it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but Force of Infinity War like, knows Force bringing. Uh, we talked I, I about Force bringing really Thanos good, as really good a character study of him. Yeah. Like he's definitely. I think before anything else, I think Thanos is the main character. Of oh, Infinity he War, is. Because that's yeah. why it ends on him. I really think. And you know. and interesting. Like I I you know love or hate the actor and what he may or may not have done his personal life. He is very good. What um, do you think Thanos did on that farm? In those, he only like, had three weeks, but you think he did? Picked a lot of out, fruit. Picked yeah, he picked up fruit. He took him all to get his armor off. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Sticks to things. <laughs> I took a couple trips, watched some TV, watched Agents of Shield, got caught up. Yeah, he. I mean, you know, it, it's it's really hard when you're trying to commit mass genocide across the universe. <laughs> like stuff really stockpiles on your DVR. Yeah. I mean, he had to have a Top Chef Chef episode or two. He needed to watch. Hell yeah. um, you know, I think I read he had not watched Breaking Bad yet, and really, <laughs> that is the true crime. Um, <laughs> The funny part so is, is they killed him right before he was going to rush the finale. Oh. <laughs> uh, no, no, come back in the good day. <laughs> I want to see what Walter's doing. Yeah, but I think uh, Mark the Game of Thrones after too. after the watching the movie. I think I referred to after watching Endgame. I referred to like, Infinity Wars, both like a lot of splash pages, like to kind of set up everything else. Yeah. Like we have the and then of course Endgame is even like a fold out splash page ultimately. Yeah. Um, before going back a couple individual issues to set up for the big finale again. And also thing is I 
kind of equate it to Kill Bill Volume One versus Volume Two. Where volume One is like so much action, yeah. so much. Here's this, here's this, and then Part Two gets to settle down, see the after effects, tell the story. Because Endgame then, felt a lot cleaner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um. Definitely, and because uh, Endgame ultimately Infinity War feels like the first half of a, of a movie, as much as it did feel when everyone got dusted and knew we knew they were coming back. Like yeah, maybe, th- nothing felt least... permanent about it, even if we ultimately felt. Well, and actually, the, the the two main characters who we then lose are both ones who weren't dusted. <laughs> yeah. Man, thinking about Vision's death's pretty fucked up. Though I mean, <laughs> he gets like his skull ripped out in front yeah. of his like, uh, in front of his girlfriend. After she already had to kill him, yeah. yeah. But her her big moments in the the final battle are pretty cool though. I was like, why was yeah. she down here? Um, the only thing, my only issue with 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 that with um, with Vision's death is something like a like an Infinity Stone. You think you shouldn't be able to undo time to bring back something that big? There's only six of them, and they've been there since being in the world. I, you think it'd be immune to the effects of the time? Well, stone. they explained it is that the. Um the stones still existed even after Thanos snapped them away. Well, I mean, they like, out of Vision's molecular- head when she, when she destroyed it. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean... She undid time. He done time brought Vision back to life and with well, the Well, yeah, but, but, I mean, still, it would exist in the... Yeah. In the molecular form, so it yeah. would just be reforming Which makes me wonder about, yeah, as you just touched on, about, like... Because the Ancient One says that destroying, like, taking the time stone out is going to leave Create things open. The, yeah. Like, well, so simply this mere existence is enough to keep things at bay. What's going to happen now that they're destroyed? Or maybe because there's kind of out there in a different way? Because in, in their timeline, they're destroyed uh-huh. when Thanos snapped the second time. But they now have a working time machine. Yeah. But they still, I guess, they, they, well, they returned them, so... Yeah, but they still have a working yeah. time machine. Fair enough. They can keep going back and taking. I mean, them as long back. as he's got the particles, and now you've got Professor Pym back, so like yay. you can always go get them, do something, and bring it back. Well, there you go. I mean, you have to assume too that's going to play into something at yeah. some point. Or maybe there's going to yeah, if any war is done, we get other things to worry about. I won't be surprised like for the future that they've kind of go off in their own different things uh, rather than being one cohesive. Well, there's still a cohesive story, but not as much. Not of a quite. Line. Not the way it's been. Although I did see an. I don't remember who the interview was with, but it said that they saw Spider-Man Far From Home <coughs> as being the true end to Phase mm. 3. Yeah. Uh, I think Kevin Feige said that. Yeah, that, that may have been it. Yeah. And uh, <coughs> having someone like Kevin Feige involved is more than, say, we, we, we've harped on DC a bunch of times earlier, but they've changed showrunners, I mm. guess, a couple times. They could even with Jeff Johns now doing it and uh, Zack Snyder doing it before. Even then, they still have producers above them who are oh, yeah. controlling them. And I think you know, Marvel and Disney and whoever else is kind of like letting like you got this, you handle it. Yeah, it's again, it's consistency. Yeah, and they haven't had it, and so you can never. The only way this was going to work is if they just fucking committed to it yeah and and they did and then when they got well and then when disney bought them then it was like we can afford to commit to all these things totally and i you know it just goes back to one of the things that just is really frustrating about the um dc universe is that that every time they made it every time there was a misstep they would like panic and completely change direction and completely change their their approach and 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 do is it a reboot? Is it a, is yeah. it a is it a sequel? Is it is it what? And 
it started feeling an awful lot like uh, Tanya Harding. <laughs> it was like DC was Tanya Harding and just kept on slipping and falling on its ass on the ice. And <coughs> you know, you, you got you got Olympic level characters here, but you just keep falling on your ass. And sometimes you have to, even if you misstep, you have to lean into it and yep. just keep moving forward because. Yep. Um, Again, I, I think the amount of times they keep backtracking and they're making this movie. No, we're not. We're using this actor. No, we're not. People get tired of it. They're not yeah. going to stick around for it. Yeah. And they're not. At least not the way that... Uh, well, and that's where I think the standalone movies are maybe what they need to be. They need to get comfortable with the standalone movies before they can try to yeah. do what... Yeah, do a Justice League again. Yeah. Yeah. So then we expect to... Uh, we're going to go home more movies to talk about. We kind of talked about each of these here before, but uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp... Um, yeah, it was fine. It's fine. It's 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 placeholder more than anything else. Yeah, yeah uh, it felt a little like a placeholder. I do love that the fact that the antagonist is not a villain but just an antagonist. Yeah. That Ghost has she's just trying to live. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that her phasing along with the different levels of growth really builds. I think that uh, Peyton Reed and the various writers, actually six, five writers for this, um, did a really clever uses of the growth shrinking phasing in and out of all of those different factors moving in together thing made an incredibly fun watch with really well done sequences that ultimately is you know it's it's their personal story rather than you know what do you do after Thanos? well this is before Thanos. But, this is before Thanos. But, but, <laughs> until the very end. yeah up until the very end uh, and also then setting up the quantum realm which saves us yeah. saves our ass this time around which is the entire point of this is like yep. this is all this is so we can talk about the quantum realm so we can solve in game um and Wasting Michelle Pfeiffer. Hopefully, she has yep. better use in Ant Man three. Yeah. Maybe they'll make the wasps and leave the Ant Man out of it. I'd they, like to watch that. Yeah, but they won't. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> but it'd be cool. <laughs> I mean, it's I, like Paul Rudd is fantastic. Yeah. Like it's it's. I I think like with some of my bitching about the women characters, it's not that I think the women need to be doing everything. Again, I look at Black Panther. You need to just be making characters. You need to not be treating the women as their own separate thing. Yeah, and, and as novelties. As novelties, because that's where everything starts to fail. Like, yep. treat them as characters. Give them the same respect you give your male characters. And and most of us will stop bitching so much. <laughs> and uh, do we want to talk anything more about Captain Marvel or Avengers Endgame before we wrap it up? Uh, I think we've said tons about Endgame. Yeah, um, yeah. I enjoyed Marvel. Again, Yay, women! Um, <laughs> but it was—I mean, it was a fun movie. It was—it was, it was yeah. well done. Oh, yeah. It was a good time. It was Goose. Who doesn't love yeah, Goose? Goose. And I, I leave Goose to come back in game. I know that was. <laughs> I want Goose so to save the world. That. Hell yes! You Although think Goose they, got snapped. Yeah. Well, they, but they also but shot. A, they shot Endgame yeah, before. Yeah, before the new Goose is going to be. Because there's there there's some and there's some moments in it you can kind of see it mm-hmm. like that she's new to this character she doesn't know a whole lot about it yet. Yeah. Uh, it's also what kind of robbed us of a nice Fury, uh, Carol yeah. reunion uh, in in Endgame. I was kind of <laughs> bummed we didn't get to see them interact, but yeah. you know realizing because there's so much that one of the highlights I think of Captain Marvel is the. Um, the uh, interaction between Carol Danvers and Nick Fury. Yeah, yeah. it's a buddy oh, cop movie. Yeah. It's a buddy and, cop movie, yeah. Yeah, and it's just hysterical. And he's just, God, I just. And it's not a movie about. Uh, there's, you know, you've got a lead female and there's not really a romance in it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, love yeah. that. Uh, and I love that, you know, the moment at the. Spoiler alert for Captain Marvel. If we're if we're if we're doing we're that, I guess. Yeah. The entire time. We're spoiling everything. This needs big spoiler tags. But. Uh, 
the the fight with Jude Law when he's like, you'll know that you're ready, you know, when you can prove that you can beat me fist to fist. It's like, fuck you, buddy. She doesn't need to. Boom. Superpowers. Um, yeah. I, I love the scrolls being not oh, yes. Yes. Or, uh, it's, I Yeah, the flip on that was, I think, really... And, and it's a big and fuck you to the immigrants. Yeah, it's, yes. like, it's, a, it's a huge thing on immigrants. Like, oh, these people that you that are invaders are people trying to find a better home. And they're, they're not actually villains. Despite no matter what the supreme intelligence, the smartest intelligence, um, says they are. You know what's his name? Uh, I'm and I'm completely blanking on his name. Who plays the the head scroll? Basically, the uh, Ben Mendelsohn. Yes, Ben. Oh, he's yeah. so good. Yeah. He is so good. Yeah. Um, it's I I I just I loved it. I absolutely loved it. And it was it was just it was like this is about fucking time, man. This is. Yeah, and and the fact that it was financially successful is also it's still selling out many theaters. Yes. I know it's like like fifth and sixth in the box office, but at at my theater, it's selling incredibly well. Uh, which and is it was great. smart for them to to put it opening what six weeks a mm, month six weeks before, out about six, yeah, weeks six weeks out from Endgame, where people are knowing it's probably going to play in Endgame somehow. So you should see this yes. if you want to. I, I that that was a smart marketing move. When you're a little nervous that it might not do as well, you do something like that. And I I don't think they needed to be nervous. I think if Wonder Woman showed us anything, yeah. it's that if bitches, you make a good quality and bitches movie, buy tickets. Yes, thank you. <laughs> like we'll come out. Honest to God, I I'm at the point with a lot of movies now that are being female female directed, female uh, written, female helmed. I don't even care if I want to see it. I will use my dollars to support it because I think it's important. Don't anyway. support the hustle. It's bad, though. <laughs> that bums me out so much. I was hoping they would actually do it. their own thing nope. with it. Uh, but see, okay, it so almost takes the same script as, as Dragon Ox well, But there's several dumb. lines that are exactly the same, but that's a whole different thing. That's a whole different uh, thing. Any further thoughts on MCU before we wrap it up? We haven't talked for two and a half hours. Mike, I was going to say, I need to go to bed. Y'all yeah, need to get out so, of here. Yeah, I'm tired. <laughs> but yeah. uh, we didn't talk about the most important. Can you show me a picture of Bible Man again? It is Bible Man. Oh, power source terminating the toxic tonic of disrespect. <laughs> oh, wow. I don't even I'll think I Spider-Man um, being maybe, by Bible you Man. You know, uh, one thing that I would love to see that I hope they'll do at some point, and there was talk of it, and I don't know, uh, I don't follow enough... Uh, as far as um, geek press to be able to ascertain what's going on with it now, but I really want a Morbius the Living Vampire movie. Uh, I think they're making that right now with uh, Jared Leto. Did they say it was Jared Leto? With Jared Leto! Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm like, they're going to be happy and then... Yeah, like, they are making damn it. it. Not with someone you want in it. <laughs> damn it, damn here, is, damn here is phase four. <laughs> I was inspired by you, Bob. Oh, yeah. What's, he's showing Spider-Man uh, versus Bible-Man. <laughs> Uh, I, I do hope that eventually they bring in Joe Jane Jamerson, J. Jonah Jamerson into the Spider-Man or Spider-Man movies. Except mm. the fact that um, that uh, J.K. Simmons played him so well, I don't know if anyone ever can. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Simmons is currently Commissioner Gordon in DC for now. Yeah, for <laughs> so, now. Yeah, because uh, going to change. Yeah, because Lawrence Fishburne played you know, played Perry White and two of the Batman, uh, two Superman movies, oh, yeah. and now he's part of MCU. So I guess things jump around. Oh, well, it depends on what your contract yeah, says, really. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like Jack Reed Levi's been on both sides. Played Shazam. We also played Fandral in the first two. The first, uh, Thor two most three. of them, the I mean, again, depends They're on dead, the contracts, but, but most of the contracts have to do with headlining yeah. stuff. Now that Henry Cavill's free, maybe. 
Yeah, maybe. They need to uh, bring him in as Hyperion. <laughs> that's a that's a lesser known kind of Marvel like Superman esque or the Sentry, one of the two. Yeah. He's like an evil mm-hmm. Superman. I'm still waiting for uh, Nathan Fillion as uh He's more as of a Nova. Addict. As who? Nova. Nova. There was oh. rumors he was going to be, and then he wasn't. Yeah, I thought he would have been so great in that fur bikini, just like with the <laughs> in, in the Planet of the Apes movies. Uh-huh. It's a very interesting thing to be like, flipping the gender of the But as we wrap up, we, yes. we know that we are big fans of the MCU, obviously. So we've been we didn't do our off. Crypticon we did. We were going to do Crypticon wrap up, but we did not do it. We don't have time. So we love Crypticon. It was great. It was a great it was time. It was amazing. Um, we all had fun. We'll leave it at that, because <laughs> otherwise you could talk another three hours on it. And I want you all to get out. And we can't want us to leave. <laughs> Um, I love you all. Get out. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time for whatever that might be. We're all going to hopefully see John Wick here soon, and we'll talk about that later Did we do the intro? Uh, That's going to be the next thing I'm going to do. And then, so, this is Bob. This is Bible Man. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you, Cody. This is Kim. This is Tommy. And we're signing off and go to cityofgeek.com for everything we're working on there or our Facebook page to see everything else that we're talking about that isn't on the uh, on the website. Thank you for listening. If you came to us from Crypticon, uh, first time, we're not talking about a horror film this time, so sorry. Oops. Next hey, time we'll talk about horror. We go back and forth. Yes, so. let's do fan service for Crypticon <laughs> attendees for the next episode. <laughs> yes, we'll do that. we all have very good stories. Yes. Uh, so I right, thank you for listening and like, comment, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs>